This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, the headlines, anti-terror workshop for Muslim women in Luton, A10 closed in Hertfordshire and Watford back to winning ways. BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The Making a Stand event is just one of a number taking place across the country. More from Barry Caffrey. The event's being organised by Inspire, a counter-extremism and human rights organisation. It's calling on Muslim women to stand in solidarity and challenge those who preach hatred. It wants to stop extremists brainwashing young people and reject the threat of terrorism by taking action in local communities. The A10 remains closed in Hertfordshire this morning following yesterday evening's crash at Hoddesdon involving a lorry and two cars. The crash happened just after 6.30pm. The lorry caught fire. Hearts police say safety checks have to be carried out on a bridge which was struck. The road could be closed until at least 8.30. A burglar from Harpen who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. 31-year-old Sylvanus Mason was told by a judge at St Albans Crown Court this week that he was being given a chance to turn his life around. More women are to be employed at the Arleswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after complaints that female asylum seekers have been routinely humiliated by men working there. A number of staff were sacked last year after more than 30 allegations of sexual misconduct. Labour's deputy leader, Harriet Harmon, who was visiting Bedford yesterday, says they'd rather have fewer people held in detention centres. We'd rather see fewer people detained. We'd rather see a strong border force so that we don't have people that we need to then have uh, deported. A man has been jailed for life without parole in the United States for the murder of the former Navy SEAL, whose memoir inspired the Oscar-winning film American Sniper. Chris Kyle and a friend were shot dead at a shooting range in Texas two years ago. Lawyers for Eddie Ray Routh had argued a defence of insanity. Police are making a fresh appeal for witnesses after the death of a man following a crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire on Sunday morning, which closed the motorway southbound for several hours. The man in his 60s, who died in hospital on Monday, was a passenger in a Renault Clio, which was in collision with the Vauxhall Astra just before the turn-off for the M25. A second passenger, a woman in her 50s, remains in a critical condition. New regulations are to be announced by the government today, making it easier to prosecute companies responsible for nuisance marketing calls. There have been only a handful of prosecutions in spite of more than 175,000 complaints made last year. In sport, Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night. Dini takes a touch and might fall to Lyon. On his left foot and Colin. Well, Colin fumbles it and Nicolo is going to touch it home for a third goal. Orion Nicolo in the right place at the right time. It's one for three, rather a nil. And in the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie. The weather, any rain will clear away eastwards this morning to leave some sunny intervals. A maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boylie. What's up? Betsy. Hello, my love. And Deely, not here oh, upstairs. Oh, right, boss. Are you here? You right, Deals? Yeah, boss, not bad. You, you, you. Okay. 
Oh, I should open the uh, I should open the computer program that's got all of the um, the words on what I say. Did you notice how flustered Dealey looked when he came in today? He did look very flustered. What's going on? I know nothing, why. mate. Nothing. Nothing's all easy. I know exactly Calm why. Why? He sent me a text message this morning saying he was doing some uh, work on the streets before he came in, so he's going to be late. And I responded with the words "later's baby," which of course came from. Fifty Shades. It's favourite movie of yeah. all time. He forgot, he forgot the reference and thought I was cracking on. Did you just roll your eyes at me? Either of you. Did anyone roll their eyes at me? Because I'd be up for that. <laughs> no? Okay. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a song. Um, uh, as I said, it's a song. It's a song about dancing. Yeah. Oh, do you remember the um, Mick Jagger? Yes. Uh, David Bowie version. Was that awful? <laughs> Kelly, could you um, f- uh, go through the record collection here and see if we've got the Mick Jagger and David Bowie version of that? Sure. Thank I you, think we have. I can't listen to that now without thinking of that, uh, that thing they've put on YouTube. Yeah, that's no, what I heard. That's what I heard is they had a great time making the video for that song. That's what I heard. Have you seen the YouTube one where they've taken yeah. all the music off and you can just hear them scratching around <laughs> on the floor and stuff? I'm going to find it and tweet it. It is very funny. Let's 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 let's, let's see if we can stand uh, more than 30 seconds of of that, please. Mate, can we just play dancing in the street different versions? 
We have to do that. I bet everyone's had a go at that one. The mamas and papas did a great version of it. Anyway, oh eight four five nine etc 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 etc. Now, uh, an anti-extremism event for Muslim women is being held in Luton today. The Making a Stand campaign hopes the session will empower mothers and sisters to spot and prevent radicalisation. Catherine's um, being studying this. What more do we know? Well, this is all part of the Making a Stand campaign, as you said, which was launched last year with the support of the Home Secretary Theresa May. Now, the hope is that today's workshop in Luton will better equip Muslim women to stand up against the ideology that can lead young people to align themselves with extremists both here and abroad. Now, the feeling is that these women have a great deal of influence within their own families and in the community at large, and harnessing the power of those women could help stop the spread of something that's hard to crack from the outside. And who's behind this? Well, the group is called Inspire, and it's an NGO, a non-governmental organisation, and it's working to counter extremism and gender inequality. Now, uh, Inspire says that they empower women to support human rights and challenge extremism and gender discrimination. They say the aim is to create positive social change resulting in what they say will be a fair and more democratic and peaceful Britain. So Inspire says women are the key to the development and prosperity of any society and Muslim women are no different in this and they're capable of being at the forefront of strengthening communities. Gosh, because some people would argue that, that Muslim women are, are subjugated uh, by the fact that uh, they are often encouraged to cover their faces and their bodies and are treated as second-class citizens. In, well, in, in, some people yeah, might suggest And you can put that. this to Inspire later on. We'll be speaking to Sarah Khan from the group. Uh, this event today, what's going to happen? Well, we've been told that there will be talks calling on Muslim women to stand in solidarity. Um, it's an opportunity for Muslim women to meet others who want to uphold their way of life and challenge those who preach hatred and violence. We don't yet know what practical advice will be offered uh, or why it's only targeting Muslim women, but we should be able to find that out when we speak to Inspire's director, as I say, later on in the show. OK. Um, I do wonder... Well, I always think with these kind of things... Hey, great idea, guys. Wouldn't it be great if it worked? Uh, but the, the kind of people that go to these things... It's like when they always say, oh, we should get youth clubs. That would stop crime amongst kids. Well, no, the kind of kids that go to youth clubs are the kind of kids that wouldn't be involved in crime. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the same thing here, that the people that go to this aren't the people you need to get the message to. We'll also be speaking to Anthony Gleese, who's a security expert. Um, oh, he's good, he is, isn't he? And he's saying that he, this kind of suggests that Muslim women are less likely to be radicalised. Well, if you have a look at the papers this week, um, that's not necessarily true, is it? No, there's been, uh, yeah, those, uh, those uh, three young ladies that have gone off to Syria. Hey, we've sent coppers over to Turkey. That seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Me metropolitan police officers have gone to Turkey. But then again, if you look at the newspapers, everyone's saying, why didn't we stop them before? So there has to be a show of action, I guess. Is that not... Would you imagine you're, you're the copper that gets sent... To, I wouldn't want to go to Turkey as a, as a British police officer. Also, doesn't he become a, you know, a kind of intelligence operation rather than a police operation? You would, you would think so. Should we have a... Right, OK. Should we have a little listen? Let's see if, if this... Uh... Oh. I don't remember this bit. Okay. Oh! <laughs> what? What do you say? Um. Let's just let's just wait. I'm already twitching. It's punchy. It's punchy. My, my right eye's going. No. It's flipping awful.
toy. He's quite literally a legend in his own underpants. And we'll speak to Justin Dealey shortly to find out just how he's feeling after, well, this happened yesterday. Slipped over on the ice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, let's start out at Hoddesdon. Now, the link road off the A10 into Hoddesdon, eastbound effectively, is currently closed because of a lorry that was on fire yesterday evening. Uh, so no access currently into Hoddesdon from the A10 on the link road because of that lorry fire. It was originally closed in both directions, but it's just eastbound now. Main A10 carriageway, north and southbound, looking OK on the sensors this morning. No reported problems on the motorways and no delays to tell you about for trains across the three counties. I'm James Woolley, BBC Three Counties. Radio. Thank you, James. 6.16, it's Wednesday the 25th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The A10 remains closed in Hertfordshire this morning following a crash and lorry fire at Hoddesdon last night. And in sport, Watford returned to winning ways with a 3-0 victory over Rotherham. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, local people. Wendy Halson and David Chipley, the trustees of the Harpenden charity Spotlight on Africa. So privileged to see lives change, conditions change. Local stories. A deaf cafe will be popping up in Bedford later this month, opening its doors for you to share sensitive stories and talk of afterlife. Of people with the similar concerns. And you can have a light-hearted side of it as well, and we often end like that, you know. Local life. We're going to be heading off into the unassuming countryside of Bedford. We all know the brick pits and the industrial spoil that's marked the Marston Vale. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're supposed to go to... Um, Dapper Dealy. Dapper Dealy. Um, for some dapper laughs. And he's not there. Where are you? This is what Justin sounds like. Nothing. He's not there. Frightened him with my text. <laughs> Well, this is... Hang on a second. Let's just see if he's here. Hang on. ...or approved centrally or by the individual member states. Oh, boring! That's, That's Radio me. 4! Flippin' heck! They're, they're not about to play uh, five different versions of the same song, are who, they? Who is, then? Dealey! Hey, boss! Hey, where have you been? Well, what do you mean, where have I been? Well, let me ask that question um, again. Yeah. Where have you been? I've been to Harpenden this morning. Yeah. Um, I've been in the office editing. Oh, yeah. And now I'm on the cold, <laughs> mean and dark streets. Next. All right, we're going to play a little... Uh, you, you're the musical expert here. Well, not quite, but I, I did enjoy what you did earlier on, Dancing in the Street. Great Well, have, have a listen to this. See if you can guess what... We're going to play the intro of some songs, OK? I want you to see if you can tell me what the song is, OK? Yep. Here we go. First one. Is that, um, is that the Mamas and Papas? Yeah, and what are they doing? It's a creaky alley. Sorry? Creaky alley? No, keep listening. OK, you got the artist, but yep, not the yep, song. Yep. OK, uh, so... Some clues, come on. No, 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 well, we're going to... Let's move to the next one, that's one down. OK. So, <laughs> artist, song, I'm going to do a little mm -hmm. thing. So you got the artist, but you did not get the song there. OK. This is like the good old days of the competitions. Yeah, exactly. And I've we... got a year's supply of something to give away. And by the way, we could be paying for your wedding. Right, have a listen. <laughs> who, who is this and what is the song, please? OK. Oh, that's Dancing in the Street. Yeah, but who's singing it? Oh, And vocal, that is Cilla Black. Uh, Kate refuses to come on this station. Excellent <laughs> stuff. I'll give you one there. And one. I thought Very you were going to say it was Kate Robbins. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, it could have been Catherine, because she yeah. can do the voice. OK, who is, who is this? 
And what song is it? Ooh, ooh and again, and again. Right, you want that one again? It's yeah, a good please. one, isn't it? It's good. Hang on a second, let's just cue it up. Right. What's obviously, the song? And obviously, it's it? Dancing in the Street okay, again. Okay, well done. You got that. <laughs> I've got that bit. Yeah. Um, I haven't got a clue who sings it, though, because okay. I heard about, what, half a second of it. Okay. Well, you heard a bit more than that, mate. Mm. Mm. Give him a little bit more. Okay, yeah, come on, come on. Is that the Beatles? No. It's terrible singing. I haven't got a clue. It's the Kinks. Is that the Kinks? Okay, who's this? And what is the song, please? <laughs> it's dancing in the street. You got that one. Yeah, okay. better than Jagger and Bowie. So Who is it? This is a you'd like this version. <laughs> Calling out. Hey, this isn't bad, is it? Well, are you ready for a brand new it's somebody American. I can tell you no, that much. No, it's someone very, very English. No. It's not Tony Blackburn, is it? <laughs> It's not. Can I give you a clue? Give us a clue. It should be action. Superman! What, Laurie Anderson? Push by an apple, shake the tree! It's what you like to wear on a weekend. Absolutely dreadful, this version. It is like a karaoke. It's black lace. Oh. Okay, final one for now. Okay. What's the song and who is it? (laughs) It's going to be epic. Oh, I know this. Reggae style. Is it Carl Malcolm? Are you ready to let it happen to you? Mm. Oh, oh man, I'm so tired. <laughs> What's the song and who is it? I think it's Dancing in the Streets. Okay, okay. okay but a reggae artist, you're saying it's not Carl Malcolm? It's not, well, it's not a reggae artist. He's doing it in a reggae style Singer, I'd say. Gee. Who is this? Come on, Dee No, seriously. Come on. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, is that Engelbert? No! The American Engelbert. Yeah. One of the greatest living songwriters of all times. Just think about oh, Neil Diamond. Yeah, he's a gentleman. They're out in Chicago. The only man who does up fewer buttons than Dealey. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a changed man nowadays. Oh, you know really? That. You know that. Well, okay. When was the last time I was showing off a nipple in the office? Oh, for a goodness long, A long time ago. Sakes. We'll come back to you after this, Justin. Mm. Speak to you in a second.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's here. I am. Uh, we'll go through the papers in a bit. But before that, we've got Justin Dealey standing outside in the cold. Having it's a little track. Yeah, it's XT- good track. XTC? Well spotted. Yes, boss. yes, well spotted. Enjoyed that. Now, if you admitted breaking into more than 30 homes, not you, Justin, although mm-hmm. I don't know, you'd expect to do a little bit of bird, right? Wouldn't yes, you? You'd yes. think so. Well, wrong. A burglar from Harperton did just that, but he won't be going to jail. Instead, he'll get help kicking the drug, drug habit that's been fueling his very, very naughty ways. Justin, you've got the details. What's uh, happening? What is... <laughs> you, well, you don't sound very happy about it. What? Tell us about this rehabilitation. Unbelievable story. And the judge told Sylvanus Mason he could expect a 36-month community order. He must complete 200 hours of community service. He's also had a a six-week curfew in force. Now, on top of this, he was ordered to participate in a thinking skills programme, carry out 25 days of education and training to improve his maths and skills, despite committing 32 burglaries. And and what about the programme itself? How does it work? Well, it's uh, the Choices and Consequences programme, which is unique to Hertfordshire. Basically, the scheme is designed to help prolific non-violent offenders who have a problem with addiction. Now, in this scheme, uh, the judge, he gives a custodial sentence. He then suspends it uh, so the person can then participate and complete the scheme. But, and here's the big but, uh, they do have the power to re-sentence an offender. So if they break those conditions, uh, they could go to jail. But, of course, for the time being, the person we're talking about isn't going to jail. It's a significant number of burglaries. How do we know the figure? It does seem high. I mean, there is a reason for this, um, a requirement of this course, um, make sure make sure the person comes clean, if you like, so that they have to plead guilty for the offences that they were caught for. In this case, it was owning up to previous burglaries. Um, it was uh, stolen goods, theft, and two burglaries. On top of this, and this is why it's high, um, he did come clean, he was honest, and he asked for 32 additional burglaries to be taken into consideration. You've taken it to the streets of Harpenden this morning. I'm, I, yes. I think I can imagine what people have been saying. <laughs> yep, I've been in Harps uh, bright and early this morning at uh, Harpenden. Uh, people not happy about this. Here's what they had to say. You should be going to prison. You know, if you commit crimes, you he's put 32 houses in misery. So, you know, end of the day, he should be punished for that. You know, uh, drug habit is an easy way out. I mean, you know, um, getting away with it, getting community service or whatever he's getting is is an easy way out. So, Do you not have any sympathy for him at all? Because we can all have a bad time in our life and fall into the wrong crowd and then get involved with drugs potentially. No sympathy there at all? No sympathy at all. Nothing, no sympathy for the drug addicts. Especially, you know, these hardcore drugs these days. They should be taken off the street, simple as. 32 burglaries and so 32. On. Right. And that's quite shocking. There's got to be a better outcome, and prison has to be the only suitable option, I would say. It does sound crazy on the face of it, doesn't it? But uh, that's the world we live in at the moment. I think it's wrong, yeah? 32, yeah? Means 32 times he done it intentionally, yeah? So mm. uh, he should go to the jail, yeah? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hoddesdon on the A10 Link Road, eastbound between the A10 and Hoddesdon, there's been a lorry fire, so there's emergency repairs going on, meaning that's closed eastbound from the Hoddesdon roundabout towards the Sun roundabout. On the A1 southbound, it's starting to look quite slow from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner on the speed sensors. In High Wycombe, though, the A40 Oxford Road's moving fine through the roadworks between Oxford Street and both directions there. 
and on the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is starting to build up between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. No reports of any delays at the moment on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The A10 link road at Hoddesdon remains closed this morning following yesterday evening's crash involving a lorry and two cars. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. The new regulations are to be announced by the government today, making it easier to prosecute companies responsible for nuisance marketing calls. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night with a 3-0 home win over Rotherham. Odion Agarlo scored twice with Troy Deeney also on target and with all the promotion chasers winning, the Hornets remain sixth, six points behind leaders Derby. His manager, Slivy Siakanovic. They play with many, many longs ball. We, we try to stop this uh, problem with a little bit different structure, little different players what I used last, uh, last game. We, at the end, we, we keep one... Uh, one clean sheet, score three goals, we can score some goal more. In the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona, Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie. It could have been worse for City, but Joe Hart saved Lionel Messi's late penalty, his manager Manuel Pellegrini. Well, very important. I think it was a very important save because first it was a very unnecessary penalty. I think that we must control our emotion inside the box. That gives us uh, more chances to try to, to win there in Barcelona. 3-1 is a very difficult a very difficult score to try to reverse, but I think that we, we can have more chances with that penalty. Tonight in the Champions League, it's Arsenal versus Monaco. In League One, there were wins for all Milton Keynes Dons, promotion rivals. The Dons remained second, but are five points behind leaders Bristol City and just two points ahead of third place Swindon, with Preston a further point behind. Meanwhile, the Dons' trip to Swindon on Good Friday has been put back to 12.15 on Easter Saturday for live television coverage. In League Two, Luton's opponents on Saturday, Accrington, beat leaders Burton 1-0 and Hatter striker Paul Benson played a full 90 minutes for the development squad yesterday in his first game back following a broken leg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 7. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. first to break the story yesterday and uh, the papers have picked up on it but uh, you heard it here first that that chump that plays that pervert in that film isn't going to be in the next two films you think he really won't though or is he after more money or something well it was an all contractually obliged isn't he 50 shades of gray star jamie dornan will not be in the sequel because and this is the the nonsense excuse his wife did not approve of his explicit sex scenes so she didn't know what was going to happen doing a film love oh yeah what's it called 50 shades of gray oh i've never heard of that, that. i've got no nice. idea what it's about and i'm not going to research it amelia warner is said to have been upset by his raunchy lead role as kinky businessman christian gray jamie 32 has also been left reeling by some scathing reviews yeah. which claimed his performance was dreary that's what it was his performance was dreary and it was an awful awful movie that's why he didn't really do an awful lot of raunch did he really Really? 
One film insider said Jamie told Amelia the movie would skyrocket his career and tried to assure her nothing would change. But women all over the world now lust after him. No. She hasn't seen the film and I don't think she will. Yeah, it, she gets a live performance. Why was she judging the film? by the type of women we saw in the cinema? She ain't got nothing to worry. About. If those are the women that are lusting after him, they won't be able to catch him. Take him ten minutes to get out of the chair. He'll be gone by then. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Thank you very much indeed. Justin, well, Dave, hey, maybe Dealey could audition for it. Oh my goodness. Dealey could uh, could uh, be up for Hang it. Hang on. Yes. Christian Grey is supposed to be suave, restrained, debonair. <laughs> what do you reckon, Kels? Uh, yeah, he's already got the playroom. Fifty, so. shades, <laughs> 50 shades of Deals. That would be just horrific. I'd be he worried I'd see his bare buttocks. Love You'd it. see everything, oh. as long as the lighting was right. He turned up first day of shooting. Uh, sorry, Mr Dealey, why have you brought no clothes with you? Don't need them. <laughs> Are we going to get started He'd have to sign off yeah. each shot. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want me? Oh dear! Well, it's it's disappointing for um, for lots of uh, middle-aged uh, um, single women. I mean, he was very pretty, but you know, mm. flipping egg. Uh, have you seen this story about a flag collector who apparently doesn't know what a swastika means? Oh <laughs> yeah, go on. A flag collector apologised yesterday after causing outrage by flying a Nazi standard above his home. Oh, Martin Baker claims he had no idea of the significance of the red and black flag of the Waffen SS, even though it's got a massive swastika in the middle of it. Well, um, the uh, infamous, obviously, the infamous armed wing of Hitler's Nazi Party. He raised the flag on Friday at a pole in his home in Doncaster, South Yorkshire, but took it down the next morning due to the angry reaction of his neighbours and on social media. <laughs> Mr. Baker, 54, said, "I want to say sorry to everyone who might have been upset." by my flag. The phone started ringing and people were telling me about anger it was causing on Facebook. They said I should take it down straight away. I'm not part of any right-wing group. I'm not a fascist. I googled it and realised I dropped a massive blunder. <laughs> Only after googling, hmm, what does a swastika mean? A swastika. A swastika. swastika. The, the thing, of course, is that, what a pudding. that um, uh, we all know that uh, Hitler corrupted the swastika, yes. and it's actually—is it a Sikh or Hindu? It's Hindu. It's but a the Hindu, Greeks used it as well, didn't it's they? It's a Hindu sign for peace and healing, I think. Um, I, I remember going to Japan. This is something to do with Japanese Shinto as well. Going to Japan and we bought something at a temple and it came in a swastika bag. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's a little bit. Uh, but it, it's it's reversed. But yeah, he's, he corrupted it. But still, you know, the red and the black bit, oh, a bit of a giveaway. He reckons he collects flags, but he didn't know what it meant. Why are you flying it then, you puddin'? Safari mum clobbered by two-ton Randy Rhino. Yeah, and she's furious, isn't she? She didn't know a safari park was dangerous. By this story by Martin Fricker, a sex-crazed rhinoceros rammed a young mum's car at a safari park after mistaking it for a mate. Blimey, uh, you get that stuck to your exhaust, you, that's going to cost a fortune <laughs> to get out, isn't it? The two-ton beast attacked the 4x4 as terrified Vicky Liggins and her 19-month-old daughter Evelyn cowered inside. Gosh, you don't get many 19-month-old Evelyns these days, do you? Vicky said, I didn't notice the rhino behind my car. It was going for the exhaust until it hit the vehicle with its horn. Blimey. We were... That was the problem. We were absolutely petrified. It was sniffing... Uh, well, this is my technique. It was sniffing the back of the car. It then shunted us from behind with such force the back wheel lifted off the ground. Hang on. She didn't see it, but she knows it was sniffing the back of the car. <laughs> back to Fifty Shades of Grey. That, that scene actually happened, if I remember it correctly. <laughs> it did. 
A Save the Rhino charity spokesman said the rhino was displaying typical courtship behaviour when it battered the grey Mitsubishi warrior. Um, I thought the rhino was going to pierce my back panel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My daughter was in tears. The sad thing is, she loves animals. I dread to think what would have happened if we'd been in a smaller, lighter vehicle. Now, and this is it. the problem, what. right? Now she says, now she wants barriers to separate rhinos and cars, and she urged people to understand the dangers of safari parks. What she's designing there what? is a zoo. We all, everybody understands the dangers of safari parks. If you drive your car into a safari park, there are signs everywhere saying, oh, you might, it might get damaged. Yeah. It's like, um, what's the one up here? Whipsnade. A Woburn. Woburn. Mm. Um, where it, the, the monkeys, they, they, you know, you, and it's funny because you're kind of taking a risk and you watch, you take off your, your aerials, you take all your bits and pieces off, but, you know, when we went in there with the boys in the summer, they were completely tearing cars to pieces. And seriously, they, they've learnt techniques, those monkeys. Yeah. I used to work at uh, Woburn and the number There's of... There's a monkey! The number of times we used to see people coming in with bits of rubber that had been picked off by the monkeys. Yep, yep. Just be aware that they they know what they're doing. Everyone knows <laughs> the The only dangers. thing they haven't got is a spanner. If they had a spanner, they'd go for the whole lot. Yeah. 08459 555. Now, we gave Kelly Betts free play. Thanks. Um, and you've chosen a song. I have. You worried me slightly. Why? Because normally you go for something like Doris Day or Ray Charles or Dean Martin and you said, oh, can I play a new one? Yeah. See, I think everyone should just stop making music now. We've got enough music in the world. Mm. I'm never going to listen to all of the music that's there, so why don't we just stop? I think we've pretty much done all the songs, haven't we? We've done all the songs. I think you'll like this one, though. You reckon? You? Yeah. Mm. Well, should we give it a go? Shall I tell you about it or do you just want to play it? Should we go in uh, naked? Let's go in blind. That's what I meant. You're so clever I'm so dumb I need less of me in me And more of you in me You're so healthy I'm so drunk I need less of me
That was so. Uh, I, I he needs ca- to stop putting himself down. I quite. He does. I, I quite like that. You're right, Kels. That was good. Thanks. I thought you would. What did Dealey call it? Um, an ego turntable anthem. Okay. Ricky's in uh, London Colney. Ricky, technically, uh, you shouldn't really be listening to us, but we'll let this one slide. Oh, what have you got yeah. for us, Rick? Ian, you disappoint me. Why? why oh, I disappoint most people every morning, Ricky. Oh. You should be listening to Paul Ross on BBC London 94.9. Oh. Uh, I'm not growing tired of Paul Ross and Penny Smith, but uh, rubbish, there's somebody they? else on there prior to them that i beginning to get a little bit cross with. James Max? I never said that. No, but he's... A, I went to a Spice Girls concert with James Max. Blimey. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> what have you got? He nicked it all from me anyway. What have you got, Ricky? What do you want? Anything by Foreigner. Sorry? Anything by Foreigner, if you could play, please. Um... Or Mike and the Mechanics. I okay. do, you, do you think this is Graham Torrington? Sorry, say again. Okay, well, well I tell you what. Listen, yeah, go on. What do you want? Give us. Uh, what do you want by foreigner? Um, waiting for a girl like you. Oh. Waiting for a girl like you to come into my life. All right, Ricky. I tell you what. We don't normally do this, oh. but I like. I like the sound of you, Ricky. So tell you what, why don't you introduce it? You can be a DJ for the day. Introduce, we've got it queued up. Foreigner and waiting for a girl like you. Where you go? This is Foreigner and waiting for a girl like you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Thank you, Ricky. House and Incorporated. For beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Hardiston and the A10, that has been shut on the A10 Link Road eastbound. So that's from the A10 towards Hardiston, from the Hardiston roundabout towards the Sun roundabout. It's because of a lorry fire earlier on, and now there's emergency repairs going on. On the A405 North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, that's starting to look very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Looking at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's building up from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And on the M1 southbound, that's looking very slow from Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road towards Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the train departure boards, no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 
6.46, it's Wednesday the 25th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. And in sport, Watford returned to winning ways with a 3-0 victory over Rotherham. Coming up, Justin Dealey talks astrology and balls as well by the likes of it. Let's get the weather, his cake. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Quite a damp start for some of us this morning. We have some kind of quite heavy drizzle out there, but it is moving south and eastwards. A bit misty and murky to start with, but then it should turn mostly dry. We will get one or two breaks in the cloud this afternoon as well. And all this drizzle has pulled in some milder air. So in the sunshine, when it's dry a bit later, it is going to feel quite nice. The maximum temperature getting up to 10 Celsius. That's 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. The cloud, though, is going to thicken as we head towards the evening. So bringing with it some cloud tonight to outbreak of light rain and drizzle, a bit of mist and fog particularly higher ground, Chilterns the Downs, we could get a little bit misty and murky out there. The rain quite light though, minimum temperature barely dropping down at all, many places staying in double figures, so a really mild night perhaps the minimum being 6 or 7 Celsius in the countryside. So for tomorrow morning, a mild start to Thursday and we're going to get our maximum temperature for tomorrow fairly early on in the day of 11 Celsius. Some rain moving through some quite heavy rain but it should clear out of the way by lunchtime, after which it's going to get quite cold so that maximum temperature is slowly going to decrease as we head through the afternoon and that's your forecast three county sport isn't just about hearing your team in action in action it's about the managers it always seems that the closer we get to the top Decisions start to go against us. The players. You never get an easy game in the Championship, home or away, usually, and it'll be no different this, this weekend. And now we're, we're pretty confident at the moment. And the fans. Two teams there who, are really, who deserve to be in the top three, who deserve to go up as well at the same time. Every day, we bring you latest news on your local team. In League Two, Luton lost their appeal against skipper Steve McNulty's red card on Tuesday, so he starts a full match ban. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage, and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm loath to push button six because the last time I did, Ricky called. Well, let's try it. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I wonder how long Ricky's been listening. Not long, I'd suggest. I've probably switched off now. You're right, Just. And he also said, Penny Smith, well, she stopped presenting The Breakfast Show at London about two years ago. Who does it now? Uh, who does it now? That's a very good point. I should know. No, uh, we should. We should. <laughs> there might be someone good. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. Now, here's a, here's, um, uh, this is a really weird story. Mm. Weathermen storm out okay, in row over pay. Mm. Forecasts may not be as accurate, Union warns. <laughs> Tomorrow, this is the weirdest strike. Who gives us, with the greatest of respect to our colleagues, who gives us stuff? Tomorrow's forecast is for high winds, showers, and industrial action. Oh, oh that's clever, good, yeah. that, it? Well <laughs> done, Ben Spencer, the science reporter, has met office staff are planning a walkout over pay. Hundreds of um, me. Uh, it is Penny Smith. Okay. Hundreds. So you were wrong. Say sorry to Penny. Sorry, Penny. And say sorry to Ricky. Sorry, Ricky. Say sorry to Paul. Sorry, Paul. Hundreds of meteorologists, climatologists, 
and guessers are expected to strike for the first time in living memory. Hmm. They warn the action could affect the accuracy of forecasts. As staff in... This is a big strike. Listen to this, actually. As staff in Exeter, Aberdeen and Edinburgh leave their desks... For three hours. Wow. It's a three, they just have an extended lunch. <laughs> three hours, you just got to look out your window. They're just having an extended lunch. What's up with those guys? Mind you, in saying that, if I went out onto the street this morning, and, you know, as funny as you can be, occasionally, um, if, if I said to people, what's the thing that you enjoy listening to uh, the, the radio for? A lot of people would say the weather. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Yeah, they, they enjoy listening to this the weather. This is great. I mean, there really what? are chances. A spokesman said, most of our members are the specialists. The chances of anything going wrong during that period are not high, but it is a possibility. The union has, however, agreed that members will work if there is a severe weather event. This is brilliant! Uh, uh, Forecasts depend on the Met Office model for accuracy. That model runs for... Oh, for goodness sakes. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um... Okay, yep, that's that. Wow. Hey, Justin, here's one kind of selfie you won't be able to do. Go on. Bad news. Supermodel Giselle did it, then the pop singer Gwen Stefani followed suit. Now it seems photographs of mothers breastfeeding their babies, known as brelfies, are becoming a trend. Oh, yes. Which is exactly why I wouldn't have done one. Uh, One in five new mothers has taken pictures of themselves breastfeeding and even more are planning to, according to the parenting forum Netmums. Well, they would say that, wouldn't they? Mm. New mothers also firmly back the right to post breastfeeding images on social networking sites, with 88% saying companies should not attempt to delete them on the grounds of indecency. Right. As someone who's done it, Mm. I don't necessarily want to see anyone else doing it. And, uh, you know, I I believed in uh, being kind of discreet about it. And I wouldn't whack it up on the internet. Oh, but everyone's different. I think it's quite nice. It's a really intimate moment. Mm, it it's is. between you and the baby. Yeah, quite possibly. Well, but I, 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 just I wouldn't do it to make a point. People are proud, though, aren't they? People are very, very proud. We've heard these stories before. Well, we've heard various stories before of people posting them and them being taken down, people outraged. I don't understand why anybody would be offended by that, but there you go. Well, not offended, but I also don't understand why anyone would post one. Yeah. Deals, has your agent been in touch? Uh, no, why? Because I want you fired. But also... What? Put that to one side. We'll discuss that off-air. Jamie Dornan. Christian Grey. He's stepping down, mate. And there are two more films that need to be made. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, would you be up for it? I, I would, well, I would be up for it, yes. But, but the deal would have to be right. I would obviously play the role, but I would have to have some sort of say over the scenes, obviously. You want it harsher? Yes. And you want it signed off, so yes. to speak? Yep. This is what we want to send you out on, Justin. Mm. I think I know what's coming, and it's utterly ridiculous. This guy's brilliant. What's his name? Tradinic. He's on the front page of the uh, the Mirror. What's his name? He's be- David Tradinic. David I, d- I wonder if this is an old story, because I remember talking about this about three months ago. He pops up from time to time. Uh, and I is think he I've- Cornish? Is that a Cornish name? But possibly. I've, ch- I've spoken to him, and he's, he's, you know, he's a good bloke, but he's a plump. <laughs> Worried about your health? Time to see your astrologer. A Tory MP has claimed astrology could have a role to play in healthcare. David Tradinic said looking at the stars could highlight patients' susceptibility to certain conditions. And he branded critics of astrology as racially prejudiced. What? (laughs) I'm a racist again. He told the Astrological Journal that scientists who oppose the idea that the movement of celestial bodies can affect people's lives on Earth were superstitious and... I'm superstitious and ignorant Mm. for not believing this nonsense. 
for not believing the superstition. And the MP for Bosworth, uh, also a supporter of homeopathy, oh gosh, said he believed opposition to astrology can be deeply offensive to people in Asian communities. What? He says, one, one more quote, because this is his reference to the NHS. I do believe that astrology and complementary medicine would help take huge pressure off doctors. 90% of pregnant French women use homeopathy. Astrology is a useful diagnostic tool, you're a tool, <laughs> enabling us to see strengths and weaknesses via the birth chart. Yes. Flipping it. I, I read my stars occasionally and I read them for a laugh. I don't know too much about astrology. All I know is, for me, it's fun. Uh, this idea of a, of a so-called birth map and the NHS using it, I think most people this morning hearing that story would think it's April the 1st because most people are going to laugh at this story. It's but, rubbish. But I'm not an expert in that field. No, OK. Well, I don't think anybody is because guess what, guys? It's all made up. Just can you take astrology to the streets? Of course I will do, boss. No Sh problem at all. Speak to you later. Yesterday had nothing to say. Tomorrow may bring me a thought. Today was here, now it's turned into fear. If it's with you, then I should stay.
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hoddesdon on the A10 Link Road, that's still closed eastbound between the Hoddesdon roundabout and the Sun roundabout because of a lorry fire earlier and there's emergency repairs and inspections work going on. In Aston Rowant on the B4009, that's been shut in both direct, partially blocked sorry, in both directions because of an accident between a single-decker bus and a car between the M40 at Junction 6 for Watlington and the A40, so on the stretch where it goes underneath the M40 near the entry slip road to join it. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And looking at the A1M southbound on the cameras, that is looking very busy around Junction 7 for the A602 at the moment. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Very contrary on Twitter says, yes, astrology is a useful diagnostic tool. 100% of people that believe that stuff are diagnosed with gullibleness. Is that gullible? Gullibility? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, anti-terror workshop for Muslim women in Luton. Prolific Hertfordshire burglar escapes jail and Watford back to winning ways. BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The Making a Stand event is just one of a number taking place across the country. More from Barry Caffrey. The event's being organised by Inspire, a counter-extremism and human rights organisation. It's calling on Muslim women to stand in solidarity and challenge those who preach hatred. It wants to stop extremists brainwashing young people and reject the threat of terrorism by taking action in local communities. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in rehabilitation. 31-year-old drug addict Sylvanus Mason was told by a judge at St Albans Crown Court that he was being given a chance to turn his life around as part of Hertfordshire's Choices and Consequences programme. These people in Harpenden don't agree. You should be going to prison. You know, If you commit crimes, you just put 32 houses in misery. There's got to be a better outcome and prison has to be the only suitable option. I was saying. 32, yeah, means 32 times he done it intentionally, yeah, so uh, he should go to the jail, yeah. The A10 link road at Hoddesdon remains closed this morning following yesterday evening's crash involving a lorry and two cars. The crash happened just after 6.30. The lorry caught fire. Harfordshire police say safety checks have to be carried out on a bridge which was struck. The road could be closed until at least 8.30. More women are to be employed at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after complaints that female asylum seekers have been routinely humiliated by men working there. A number of staff were sacked last year after more than 30 allegations of sexual misconduct. Labour's deputy leader, Harriet Harman, who was visiting Bedford yesterday, says they'd rather have fewer people held in detention centres. We'd rather see fewer people detained. We'd rather see a strong border force so that we don't have people that we need to then have uh, deported. 
Police are making a fresh appeal for witnesses after the death of a man following a crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire on Sunday morning, which closed the motorway southbound for several hours. The man in his 60s, who died in hospital on Monday, was a passenger in a Renault Clio, which was in collision with a Vauxhall Astra just before the turn-off for the M25. A second passenger, a woman in her 50s, remains in a critical condition. New regulations are to be announced by the government today, making it easier to prosecute companies responsible for nuisance marketing calls. There have been only a handful of prosecutions in spite of more than 175,000 complaints made last year. In sport, Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night. Deeney takes a touch, he might fall to Lyon. On to his left foot and Colin, well, Colin fumbles it and Nicolo is going to touch it home for a third goal. Odio Nicolo in the right place at the right time. It's Watford three, rather a nil. And in the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie. The weather, any rain will clear away eastwards this morning to leave some sunny intervals. A maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you very much, Simon. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. Stuff going on in Luton to encourage Muslim women to, to well, I'm not quite sure what it's encouraging them to do, Catherine. To stand up against extremism. Ah, OK. And how are they going to do that? Um. OK. Also, David Tradinick, who's a Tory MP, and he's one of my favourite MPs. He pops up every few months with this um, um, nonsense. That if people looked at their astrological charts more, it would take pressure off of the NHS. Oh, guys, come on. Who cares where Uranus is? Ask your doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The, um, it's the front page of the Mirror. It's funny how some different papers treat this differently. Obviously, the Daily Mirror is, is more Labour-leaning, so they've gone front page on this attack against a Tory MP, and some of the more Tory newspapers have kind of got it as a smaller story. It's interesting, isn't it? I guess as we're getting closer to the election, I'm noticing all of these little yep. little tricks and games, what they do play. Uh, a Tory MP has bizarrely claimed that astrology can solve the appalling NHS crisis. David Tradinick, who, uh, as a Capricorn, is meant to be down to earth... <laughs> <laughs> said consulting the stars would take huge pressures off doctors. He also suggested that people who dismiss astrology tend to be racially prejudiced. Or just, you know, I've got a bit of common sense and like science. Manu's on the line. Morning, Manu. Hey, morning, Ian. Hey, and you're a proper doctor. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Could, um, uh, could well, us... Well, well, you've forgotten to ask the most important question. What? What's your sign, Manu? Oh, yeah. What, what sign are you, man? Who? Uh, Libra. Oh, Libra, uh, like my mum. Fair. I've got no idea what that means. Balanced. You, make, you, make, you find it difficult to make decisions, don't you? Um, I guess. Yeah, you go, you see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manu, the, with this the astrology, um, it turns out that Mystic Meg and uh, all of those other chances could, could uh, make your job easier. Well, I don't know about that, Ian, uh, but what I can say about astrology, I mean, you mentioned in the newspaper article uh, the MP saying that it could be, if people who discount it could be offensive to some people. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm Hindu, and uh, in Hinduism, when you're born, you have a full birth chart, and it's quite 
um, attached to Hinduism in a way. Yeah. And I could see people being offended if that belief is sort of questioned. But that's the nature of belief, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, but it's not stuff. the same. It's not the same as me. I mean, boy, oh boy, the Hindus have got some awesome gods, haven't they? All the arms <laughs> and the heads and stuff. But well, it's it not depends on which branch of Hinduism. Oh no, they're, they're yeah. branches. But it's not the same as me. Um, Saying, hey, you know, uh, to, to, to Muslims, you know, Muhammad, that's all made up. Or, you know, Jesus, that's all, you know, to Christians, that's all made up. It, uh, why it's acceptable to think that? It's, it, it, questioning astrology um, is not the same as questioning an actual religion, is it? Well, you're questioning a belief that has very little science behind it yep. at the end of the day. Yep. And, I mean, religion can sometimes enter that. I've always thought belief and, you know, fact should be are two separate things. You can believe what you want. Yeah. But you can't test what you want without, you know, I mean, you can't, if something's testable. Hang on a minute, man. Let's, let's cut to the chase. You're a doctor, man yeah. of science. Do you believe in astrology? Um, oh. I, I believe it helps people. I don't believe it personally, but I do, I've seen it help people in a way. Oh, yeah. Because well, it gives oh. them something to feel good about it. Like a placebo? Yeah. It's Okay, I can understand it's comforting, but then I think those people that are comforted by astrology, um, well, if you're going to get comforted by, because of w w the position of Uranus compared to the sun, <laughs> well, then I'm going to keep doing that joke all morning, Manu. <laughs> then, then, you know, really, there's something lacking in your life, isn't there? Well, uh, I mean, that's quite a broad statement. It, yep. uh, it, it depends. I'm um, in that kind of mood today. No, I mean that kind of man. I've got to move on. Always good to talk to you. Thank you. I like he's becoming a regular caller, proper doctor. I kind of wish I did believe in someone looking after me. Well, you know, I look after you. What, what do you want? No, sandwich. Like, like, I'll go to the garage and no, buy a sandwich. Just, so the, the, I'll go and buy a coffee there was after a, the show. That there was a. Grand... If you're hungry, I look after you. No, I mean like. Uh, what do you want? Mm, Pasty? No, oh, it's not about. I will get you a bag of sweeties. It's not about pastry. I'll look sure. after you. Don't worry about it. It'd be absolutely fine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now. You can call in at any point, by the way. Uh, 08459 455 555. Now, a workshop aimed at tackling Islamic extremism through the community's women is taking place in Luton today. The Making a Stand campaign wants to provide mothers and sisters with the knowledge and confidence to spot and prevent radicalisation. Well, Sarah Khan is director of the non-government organisation Inspire, which is behind the event. Morning, Sarah. Morning. What is Inspire? Well, Inspire is a counter-extremism and women's rights organisation, and we work very much on both those issues, really, looking at addressing um, extremism and also gender discrimination within Muslim communities. So what's going to happen today? Well, this is part of our Making a Stand campaign. We launched Making a Stand back in September, um, particularly after the brutal summer of violence, uh, you know, conducted at the hands of, of ISIS. And just about around 100 women came from across the UK to attend that launch. We had three generations of women, and women wanted to speak out. They made very clear the sentiment that they wanted to make a stand and take the lead in challenging extremism and rooting out extremists who are preying on their children. And one of the responses we had from women was, look, please come into our area because we know there are more women that want to hear what you're saying and want to know how they can protect their children from being preyed on. And as we've seen just this last week with these three girls, that, that this sentiment of we understand that there's a problem and we want to do something about it. So this is part of a, a campaign that we're taking across the UK. We're going to nine different cities and today we'll be in Luton. And what will happen today? 
Well, a number of things. Um, I mean, we're going to be holding a number of different workshops and discussions, but the main point of today really is to allow women, to give them that safe space, to talk, talk openly about extremism and how it impacts on, on them. So we were in Birmingham on Monday, for example, and just hearing some of the stories of women, they were sharing how extremism impacts their families, how it impacts their communities. They were sharing concerns um, about how they feel um, extremism is not being tackled within the community, what they feel should be done more. But also what we want to give women is practical tools of what they can do. So we want to equip them, for example, with theological counter-narratives to extremist ideology so they can have those discussions with confidence with their children. We want to be able to signpost them to relevant agencies so if they've got concern, they know who to go to. But also to help them to recognize early signs of radicalization as well so that if they start to see not noticing changes in their behavior, not to ignore that, not to think, oh, it's, it's, it's nothing, but to you know, act upon that much more. But also on a wider scale, just to mobilize women, um, you know, on a, on a wider scale, saying, listen, you know, you can champion this work and your voices in this work really matter. Isn't uh, part of the problem that, um, that, that a lot of these young people in particular have gone to Syria, and I'm thinking about the three girls and uh, some gentlemen that were in the papers last week, is they, they kind of just go. There are no signs. They just up and go. All of the families uh, in, in these cases have, have been or, or said that they're very shocked. Not, not our children. Our children would never do this. What mm. happened? What went wrong? I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think... Is it a question of, well, you didn't recognise maybe the signs? I mean, in my experience, having done this work for a number of years, and I've spoken to lots of different families whose children have become radicalised, who have committed you know, acts of terror, and I've spoken to those mothers, and they have always said to me, actually, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Looking back now, I did notice changes in my son or daughter's behaviour. What, what are the signs, and what should people be looking out for? I mean, for? just to give one example, I mean, the, the three girls, one of the girls that left um, East London to, to join, who is now in um, ISIS territory, one of the older sisters actually said over the weekend, I did have concerns about my sister, and I noticed changes in her behaviour. And I was so concerned that I went to East London Mosque because I felt like you know, that this was worrying me. And I think this is the point that, you know, you can notice things. So, for example, you know, some kids become really withdrawn, or we've had cases where teachers have told us, look, some students are doing really, really well, and then suddenly their grades have dropped, and, you know, they're starting to speak about things that, you know, we just have kind of warning bells. I mean, sometimes, you know, it might be... Not be anything you know teenagers you know going through their teenage phase rebellious phase we've all been through that we know that it's, it's it's we all go through rebellious phase but for us what we're saying to women is if you are concerned if you notice in changes in your children's behavior the way they're speaking emotional issues the way they're talking the language maybe you're seeing them going on certain sites and you're concerned about it maybe it's the stuff they're talking about then you know do something about it and there are things that you can do not doing anything about it is the worst thing you can do if the young people are already talking about it, and I'm assuming that it might be um, the perhaps uh, the, the, the political issues that are perhaps slightly more aggressive or, or, or anti-Western issues or things like that, isn't it too late then, Sorry, Hasn't that seed already been planted in their heads? No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, I think, you know, young people are exposed to all sorts of ideas all the time. Um, and, it, and for me, I've seen it's, it's the same whether we look at far-right extremists or Islamist extremists, is that you can actually combat their narrative. Um, and we know that, for example, there are really successful de-radicalisation programmes and, and, and people have been de-radicalised, people have been, um, their, their views have been challenged. And I think the key issue here is, is that 
that their views are challenged. If their views are not being challenged, if they're not hearing a counter-argument, then that's where you're going to lose this debate. The, the, the point is, and this is what we're saying to women is, is that you challenging their arguments and being equipped with the knowledge to do so is really quite fundamental in this. I remember being as a teenager, um, having whatever political views I did, and my dad, you, you, quite often we, 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 we take the opposite stance to our parents, don't we? It's kind of a yeah, natural sure. progression. And my dad arguing with me, and I, I was at 15, 16, 17, I, I, I wasn't listening at all. I was, I was right, I knew everything, I was going to live forever. And that is a tough thing to overcome, isn't it? It is. It's, it's not easy, and I don't think anyone's going to say it's easy. You know, my own personal view is that some of the women that I've spoken to have just said, and even it was said to me when we were in Birmingham on Monday, that, you know, if my child was speaking to me, for example, about the concept of jihad, I wouldn't feel comfortable in being able to challenge that. And mm. I think that's the key. It's by saying, look, the counter-arguments are all there. We want to teach some of you that today. Um, but, the, you know, we want to upload more of that stuff on our website. But the point is, is to at least to have that debate happening. The fact that your father was having those discussions with you, you know, that, that's important. If that's not happening at all, then, it, it, you know, you, you can just see how quite easy it is for a child just to go down that path. I mean, these three girls, for example, just the kind of information that's coming out, they didn't speak about these things with their parents at all. One of the fathers actually said... We, we just never talked about ISIS. And I think, for me, I, I find that strange. Why wouldn't you want to talk to your children about ISIS? If, you've, if you're in a Muslim family and you know it's in the news almost every day, and you know, you're, you're, you, you know that young people, around, around 600 young people, have left this country to join ISIS, why wouldn't you want to talk about it? I, mean, you know, I had two young children, and if they were older, I would definitely want to talk to them about this and understand, well, what do you think about this? And I think opening up those conversations with your children, as horrible as a topic ISIS is, I think is really quite important. Sarah, good luck. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah Khan, director of uh, Inspire, which is behind the event in Luton today. Uh, 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hardiston, the A10 link road has, is still closed eastbound for emergency repairs after a lorry fire, so that's between the Hardiston roundabout towards the Sun roundabout. In Aston Rowant on the B4009, that's been partially blocked by an accident in both directions between the M40 Junction 6 at Watlington and the A40. That's where it goes underneath the M40 near the entry slip road to join the M40 southbound. Looking at the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford and the A1M southbound is looking busy around Junction 7 for the A602. On the train, Southern are reporting half-hour delays through London Bridge because of a signalling problem, and the 722 train from Bedford to Sevenoaks, that's the one calling through Luton at 7.46, has been cancelled. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Sammy. 7.16, uh, Wednesday the 25th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. And in sport, Watford returned to winning ways with a 3-0 victory over Rotherham. BBC Three Counties Radio.
every weekday morning. Let me get on with your consumer problems. Should I expect it to last as a £350 TV or a £250 TV? Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Have you gone back to the retailer? I went and spoke to the company that you'd paid the money to. The JBS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. So I emailed again and reminded them of the statutory rights which I've heard in your programme. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. They've backed down and they have put in writing to me that I no longer owe the money. And we could do the same for you. That's fantastic news. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your team is fantastic because you look after the people. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Astrology. Guys, come on. Next, you'll be drawing pentagrams and uh, 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 reciting the Lord's Prayer backwards in an attempt to summon up Lord Beelzebub himself. It don't work. It's nonsense. It's all nonsense. And also, if it would work, how come we're discovering new planets and we're writing off things that we thought were planets that aren't planets? How How is... Um, I can't think of any other planets apart from Uranus. Give me a planet. Pluto. Yeah, Pl- Pluto's not a planet. No, I know. They've written that one off. Exactly. So, OK, Mercury. How is Mercury... How is the position of Mercury going to affect whether I come into money or I'm having trouble with a relationship? Isn't it? Isn't astrology just people? We all like to think that there is that there is something, there is some reason to this. There is some point in us being on this rock floating through space. There probably isn't. I think the meaning to, of life is be as nice to as many people as you can and listen to as much groovy music as you can. That's it. But we all like to think that there is a meaning, there is a higher power, a bigger purpose at work. So, hey, why not think that it's the other planets affecting us? Because the moon affects the tide, and we're 80% water. We're not. We're blood and bones. Don't get water in a, in a bone, do you? Huh? Yeah. Thank you. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. If anybody, anybody can uh, give me a convincing argument as to why the... Uh, have we got any texts on this? If anyone can give me a convincing argument as to why uh, uh, astrology works or does anything i'd love it i'd love it i'd love it but it doesn't i'd love it if we heard from someone who had something predicted and it came true well no what they'll say is it's not about prediction it's it can help guide you ah, jog on mate well, just take responsibility for your own actions have a look in the paper today and let's see what's what, what we've got ahead. have you got any texts on this yeah, well, I, uh, I try and find. Not, not on uh, astrology we've got some about um well one from snuffers who's quite excited about uh, 50 shades of jay <laughs> 50 shades of jay dog yes 50 shades of jay would be amazing every scene starts with a confident stride into a room geezer geezer <laughs> Right, get that off. He said every romantic scene interrupted by Justin naming each song of background music and in what year it was produced. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, and where it got in the American charts. I tell you what was interesting was there are a lot of um, um, sexually aggressive lines in that film. Yeah, and I, I think you know which one I'm talking about particularly. The ones that Justin liked the most. Yeah. Well, he would lean over and go, "Yeah, I've used that one." <laughs> Yeah, I've said that. Why is everyone laughing? I say that. He told us how many times he'd used them as well. The line about I don't make love. That, yeah, he uh, that was... used that once to great effect. Wow. I've used that. I don't find this. Where do the stars live these days? There were, yeah, there were a lot of lines in that film where everyone laughed um, and he couldn't... He couldn't work out why, why people... Hang on, let me just get the phone. Oh, go on. He couldn't work out why people were laughing. 
Can't find the stars. Where are the stars in the mirror these days? Um, I can tell I often... Um, I remember when I started here, we used to have a young lady called Dashi working on the show. And uh, it was... Uh, was it Dashi? Oh, no, it might have been Emma, actually, when Kelly and Emma were producing the show a lifetime ago. And um, at the end of each show, I've got it, at the end of each show, uh, Kelly would, and, and Emma would insist that we all read each other's stars. Oh, it was horrible. It was like, it was like um, being in the uh, Diet Coke break ad. It was horrible. What are you? Leo. Keep all observation... This is Russell Grant. This is the, the main guy. He's the main man, isn't he? I like Russell. He's a nice bloke. But, um, he does this. Keep all observations you make today to yourself. What? Discussing your suspicions with others might start a rumour. Yeah. A chat after work will be misleading. We're going out for lunch. Oh. Uh, you're paying. No, you're paying. No, you're paying. Oh, hang on. No, you're paying. No, you're paying. No, you're paying. You're paying. Thank you. Or a Facebook comment could strain a love tie. Don't go on Facebook very much. And don't... Uh, love ties, Fifty Shades. <laughs> Everyone likes to be heard, but try not to talk too much today. Well, that's you out, Catherine. I don't believe in that. I mean, not talking too much. I don't believe in uh, astronomy, so I will be disregarding that. Sorry, Russell. But, What's, um, uh, but yeah, it's wise words, though, isn't it? Mine. Talking about your suspicions could start gossip. Yeah. What star sign are you, Cuz? Leo. Oh, Same we, just, we just read it. We both got a pipe down. Yeah, keep quiet. Whatever. May? <laughs> Russell Grant said it. Who's he? Oh. Out. Out. Me, Gemini. Others are willing to put important issues... Stop. You need to do it over uh, some um, special music. Um. Others... Is this not the right kind of music? Hang on. Let's... Atmospheric music, I was thinking. Hang on a minute. Um... OK, here we go. Nope. In 1960. Nope. No, 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 19. Here we go. Space music, yeah. Boom. Others are willing to put... Imp oh, no, it's Radio 4. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang no, on, hang on. Answering his phone. Try him again. He might answer it now. Might answer it for you. Others are willing. Oh, I can't get rid of Radio Four. There we go. Others are willing to put important issues into your hands. Well, that's never going to happen. This is a big responsibility, and you can't help wondering about their motives. You suspect that in leaving you to make all the decisions. Oh no! Do you know what? People can blame you if you get it wrong. Yeah. This is all the more reason to get it right. Oh blimey! I'm having a chat later on. Oh, blimey. He's right. Russell's right. Flipping heck. I've got an important meeting later on where I've got to make decisions. Oh, it might just be coincidence. Yeah, probably. You never know. Um, dancing in the street. Oh, this is from Maffin Hanslow. Yeah. All Can you tell we're filling because a guest isn't answering their telephone? Can you, have you noticed that, guys? Isn't that a shame? Have they noticed that? No. Shh, guys? Shh. No, no one's noticed it. OK. All that dancing in the street reminds me that Hanslope still has its blinking Christmas lights up. <laughs> it's the 25th of February. <laughs> Any other towns or villages in the three counties as lazy? Maffin Hanslope. Still got your lights up? Call me now. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken uh, has done the joke that we are all uh, uh, hoping to get. I don't believe in astrology, but hey, that's because I'm a Virgo. <laughs> Ken, come on, fella. Every now and then, Ken, you come in with... You just just get the tone right. Can I say, the tweeters and the texters and the uh, emailers and some of the callers have been... Well, they really have upped their, their game a little bit recently. We've had some good stuff. We've annoyed all the ones who don't get it, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why the figures are so low. I understand. <laughs> I see. I see. Um... 
Uh, yes, uh, oh, Grumpy Jamie's having a go at us on, on, on Twitter. Is he having a go, though? He's in Hampshire. It's just his tone. He's in Hampshire. What's the matter so with him? He can't hear us, so he's going to listen to a sports-based talk station instead. Which one? <laughs> Sport, sporty talk. Sporty talk talk <laughs> is the thing. So no guest answering the phone. That's yeah. a shame. No, if you have a view on whether a, a, a burglar who admitted to more than 30 crimes should be in prison or, as he is, having rehab, call me now. Tell us the story. Let's set the story up properly and we'll, 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 we, can do, we can do it as a He might even ring in. He might do. He what's, might be listening. He what's the story, Catherine? This, this, he's got carried away. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, in that case, fair That's play. If you've got an MBE yesterday, fair play to him. Yeah, he's not going to be answering the Of course he's not. Oh, good luck to him in that case. Sylvanus. Yes. He's a fella from Harpenden yep. who was uh, in court for uh, a couple of burglaries. Yep. And as part of a deal he made, as, it's something that they do in Hartford just specifically called Choices and Consequences, yep. he had to hold his hands up to everything he'd done. Yep. And he admitted to more than 30... Is it 32, 32 more offences? 32 burglaries, yeah. So the judge decided that given the fact that he is a drug addict and he was stealing to fuel that habit, yep. it would make more sense to get him clean than yep. it would to get him into prison. Yep. Your thoughts, please. And here's, here's where I see the problem is, and I can see an obvious glaring mistake here. You can't force someone to get clean. Well, yeah, there are two, okay, there are two glaring mistakes. You can't force someone to get clean, and uh, I know plenty of people who have who have hit uh, what many would consider, you know, they've lost their their wives, their jobs, uh, they've almost died. Um, there wasn't enough for them to stop. And people saying, "You got to stop. You're going to die. You have got nothing left uh, tomorrow." So you can't force them. But the other thing is that this these this drug rehabilitation should surely be available in prison. And it is in some prisons to a certain extent. Depends how long you're in for, though, doesn't it? Uh, I think it does, and it depends on, on uh, what the uh, the prison's attitude is towards it. And funding as well, although lots of free groups go into prisons. But, but then again, prison can also be a great way of starting a drug habit, can't it? Yeah, yeah, it can be. But they should... They, the drug rehabilitation, they should invest money in drug rehabilitation in prisons because it would ultimately save money. If you could get people clean in prisons, then it would save money. But a fella that's done 32 robberies, broken into 32 houses, I mean... I'm all for um, rehabilitation and alternative uh, treatments in this case, this kind of case, but he's destroyed. He's um, significantly impacted on 32 families, and it would appear that he's getting off with it. I don't know. Your thoughts, please. 08459 555555. Yeah, rehabilitate the fella. But when they've done as many crimes as that, surely you have to rehabilitate them uh, and combine that with punishment, don't you? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text as well. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A10 Link Road eastbound between the A10 and Hardiston is still closed because of the earlier lorry fire and emergency repairs going on, so it's closed eastbound from the Hardiston roundabout towards the Sun roundabouts. In Aston Rowans on the B4009, that's been partially blocked by an accident in both directions between the M40 junction 6 for Watlington and the A40 where it goes under the M40. In St. Neots on the A1 southbound, it's very slow around the Black Cat roundabout and also on the A428 eastbound in St. Neots, that's stop stop between the Barford Road and the B1040 according to the speed sensors. On the motorways the M1 southbound is very slow from Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road towards Junction 9 for Redbourne and on the M25 it's slow from Junction 21 for the M1 towards 19 for Watford. On the train southern services are reporting half hour delays because of a signalling problem at London Bridge. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The Making a Stand event is just one of a number taking place across the country. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in rehabilitation. The A10 Link Road at Hoddesdon remains closed this morning following yesterday evening's crash involving a lorry and two cars. The new rules are to be announced making it easier to prosecute firms responsible for for cold calls. There were more than 175,000 complaints about nuisance calls and text messages last year, but only a few prosecutions. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night with a 3-0 home win over Rotherham. Odionigalo scored twice with Troy Deeney also on target and with all the promotion chasers winning the Hornets remain sixth, six points behind leaders Derby. Manager Slavisa Jokanovic felt the visitors didn't make it easy. We find some problems at the beginning. It's a very physical game. They put us in under under many pressure. We scored first goal. We, was a little bit, we were a little bit lucky and after second we, we find... Uh, advantage for us score one more and uh, we can we can score uh, some goal more in the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie it could have been worse for City this for 3-1 to Barcelona and this at the end of the first leg will surely take Barcelona into the quarterfinals great save oh great save from Hart and then Messi heads it wide of an open goal and it's just 2-1. Tonight in the Champions League, it's Arsenal versus Monaco. In League One, there were wins for all Milton Keynes Dons, promotion rivals. The Dons remain second, but are five points behind leaders Bristol City and just two points ahead of third place Swindon, with Preston a further point behind. Meanwhile, the Dons' trip to Swindon on Good Friday has been put back to 12.15 on Easter Saturday for live television coverage. In League Two, Luton's opponents this Saturday, Accrington beat leaders Burton 1-0. Had to strike a Paul Benson played a full 90 minutes for the development squad yesterday in his first game back following a broken leg. And Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford has reversed his decision to miss the European Indoor Championships. Rutherford set an indoor personal best in Birmingham recently and has been named in the squad to compete in Prague next month. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. on calling me down the road is where I'll always be every stop I make I make a new friend can't stay for long just turn around and I'm gone again maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on down this road that never seems to end when you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home
Do you want to have a look? Yeah, go on, because we did all our filling up on that last bit with the uh, the fellow that was the guest that wasn't there. Yeah, uh, but I've got I'm completely on his side. If he got an MBE yesterday, then w- he's got what, the right to not pick up the phone. What would you if you got? Because James Khan, the uh, the dragon, not the actor, the dragon got um, something uh, in the uh, yesterday with badge. the qu- he got a badge from the Queen. Jim will fix it badge, mm. and. Um, what would you do? The, so you go to the palace to yep. get an MBE, yep. CBE, yep. knighthood. Yeah. What would you Jamehood. do? What would you do then? I, I, obviously, you'd wear it. I'd lord it right up. Yeah. For a week. Oh, I would. I would sign every letter and email with that. I, I think that I would be entitled to use the um, appendage, Her Majesty. Yeah. Her Majesty. I don't think you could. But what would you do immediately after that? Because it must be such a buzz. Were you going to go to? You're going to go to Dunkin' Donuts or something? Beef eater. Suppose so. Yeah, you could do actually, couldn't you? Um, or um, well, push the boat out. Yeah. Nando's. Well, would, and you'd wear the you'd wear the, the sticker. Oh yeah, I'd be wearing it forever. It'd be on me PJs. What'd you get the sticker for? Half oh, for being brilliant at charity and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, isn't it? I, I, it's going to happen to us one day for uh, services well, you, to, you know what? to the radio. Some, some of the chances that get it, you never know. You never know if you if you hang on long enough. You'll get something. You need. Here's the thing. You need someone to nominate you, right? The, yeah. the Queen isn't going. Well, this is what I'm thinking. The Queen isn't flicking through the radio, going, "Oh, these these two are great. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Ian a knighthood and her a CBE." Um, we of the British Empire. What yeah. About, what about me? <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, that's so sweet. I do good things. All right, anyway. mate. I'm okay. a nice person. Yeah. Uh, so held the not, door open for you earlier. You're not you're not brave like what we are. Anyway. We are very very brave. I'm feeling oh. I'm feeling a little bit down today. I'm still doing a radio show, that, oh. and I'm not I'm not making a big fuss and, about uh, it. And I know it's my job oh. and everything, but I've uh, popped out two kiddies and I'm still oh. doing this. Yeah, fair enough. Got me on the kids. So, Kath, you nominate me. Yeah. And you... No, you nominate me. And then you... No, once I've got my foot in the door of Buckingham Palace, once I'm in there getting my badge... I'll have a word. Then I'll have a word. Hang on. So, fair this play. Fine, before. I'll just go through Harry. What? Oh. I really am learning to censor myself, which is which is great. You know news. when he says that he can sort you out like that? Mm-hmm. He doesn't mean like that. 
08459 555555 is the telephone number. Text is. Text. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. texty time. <laughs> yep. Why is it only young Muslims who can be impressionable and rag- radicalised? And why not open this workshop to both Muslims and Christian British people who are equally radicalised and gullible, says Nick of Luton? Uh, Nick, really? You, are, are you. Now, Nick. Uh, I'd like to speak to you. Are you just saying that because of of the uh, it's not fair that the Muslims are getting all the special treatment uh, thing? Because uh, the the chances of a young Christian being radicalised to go and join IS, I would imagine, is significantly less. I don't have the stats, uh, but I would imagine, I guesstimate, it's significantly less than the chances of a young Muslim being radicalised and joining uh, IS. You, you don't know. Nick might have insider info. If you want to give us a ring, Nick, 08459 um, also... Nick, you're, I, 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 may I make an accusation, sir? You're being deliberately obtuse. That's the end of the accusation. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. Andrew, as Neptune... I'm Ian. No, this is from Andrew. Hello. Hello, Ian, from Andrew. He didn't write hello, Ian. Andrew, good gonna... morning to you. Good morning. Morning, Andrew. Andrew. Ian. Pleased to, you. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> As Neptune or Pluto, can't remember which, is no longer a planet, doesn't that stuff up the astrologers who rely on planetary positions? Said that. Yeah. Said that. Probably, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Probably. Um, and yet again, this is uh, talking about uh, your man uh, from Harpenden, the burglar. Oh, yeah. Burglar, burglar Bill. Um, Andy from Leighton Sylvanus. Yes. And, sorry, Burglar Bill, I didn't mean about you. We know you've changed your ways. Andy and Leighton Buzzard says, Yet again in this country, the victims are put second place to the offender. Disgusting. Can we develop the argument any more than that? Hopefully. Th- thank you for that. Who was that from? Uh, and, uh, hang on, I can't remember. Don't matter. Thank no, you for that. No, it doesn't matter. I really value it. Uh, Andy of Leighton Buzzard. <laughs> Andy, thank you. Can we take the argument uh, better? Can we uh, d- d- develop it any further? What do I mean by that? Um... Is there any merit in keeping this fella out of prison at all? Is there any merit in it? I'd be really interested to hear from someone who's been burgled. And, uh, I mean, do you want them locked up and then released and then go back to their own way of doing things? Well, there's and... no guarantee this fella's not going to do it again, is there? You'd like to think. There's a little there. chance, though, isn't there? If you get him off the drugs. Here's the thing. Uh, this is only a tiny story, and I... I, I, I... I understand this, but I also think it's wrong. I agree with what's being said, but I think it's wrong, and I'm angry with myself for agreeing with it, because it's wrong. Go on, tell me it. And the reason I agree with it is because I'm a dad. But I shouldn't agree with it, because I was also a young man once. More than a third of parents think the minimum driving age of 17 should be increased. Now... I think the minimum driving age should be increased uh, to, I don't know, 19, 20. But I took full advantage of being able to drive when I was 17. And I'm saying that because I don't want my boys driving cars when they're 17 because I can't imagine they'll be responsible enough. It's the same thing as we as parents nowadays don't want our kids playing out in the street because we don't think they're safe. We don't want our kids climbing trees because we don't think they're safe. But we did it. We, we all did all of that. And most of us came out of it all right. Yeah. Apart from you, keep breaking your arm. Yeah, that was showing off, though. You shouldn't show off, no, my kids. boys constantly showing don't show off. Don't um, Not even at your birthday. But 17 is too young. Of course yeah, it's too young. Yeah, but I started um, my lessons when I was 17 and I didn't finish <laughs> till I was about 21. Oh, you're one of those. Well, only because I went to university in the middle and there w- I couldn't run a car there. What was that, Kels? Hmm? What? I was similar. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I started the lessons, wasn't as good as I thought I was, Stopped while I went to university for a year no, and then started driving again, sorted it out within a couple of months. I started uh, when I was 17 uh, in June and I passed um, shortly after Freddie Mercury died. Oh, oh. November that year. What was the connection? Just remember it in the papers. Oh. No, I passed 
just before he died, November. So it was your fault. That year. It was really a question of don't stop me now. We are the champions. Stop me any time you want. You hit that dashboard and I will do an emergency. Perfect emergency stop. Whereas with my first test that I did before I went to college, yep. I got a D for dangerous. I don't think you get grades like that. Well, the man told me it was a D for dangerous because I mounted the curb and made an old man run. You mounted an old man and... and <laughs> made him run. 08459 455. On a three-point turn, it was the easy bit. It was the forward bit. 08459 455 555. It annoys me. Isn't it funny? Because I heard the, uh, um, them talking about this on the radio last night. And it annoyed me because I'm going, yeah, yeah, 17 is too young. Of course, of course young people aren't responsible enough. To, and I've become one of them. I've become the suit. I've become the man. I've become a boring old fart. Become. <laughs> You're such a... Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Such a cheese. I think 17's a fine age to start learning. Well, I, I, and I, I, agree, I, I should agree. Bear in mind they have to do, like, a written thing first, so it does take ages. You've got loads to do now. You've got the written, you've got the hazard awareness thing, you've got the other bit, which I've forgotten about, where you have to lift up the bonnet and there's the oil, the tyres <laughs> have to be this width, all of that. Listen to this. Yeah. My, you know my friend uh, from Chile? Oh, you, yeah, mate, you keep going on about her? No, but this is, this is an interesting thing. She's she, your pair, Daisy. No, she's not. Yes, she is, mate. All the time that you bring out your friend from Chile. No, my friend from Chile is trying to learn to drive. She can drive. She drives in Chile fine. And that's quite hilly there in Chile. But she wants to get her licence here. Now, she's done the uh, written thing absolutely fine. She has phoned about three different driving instructors. They never, ever turn up. And she thinks it's because of her accent. Because I assume that they won't be able to con like, converse with her. Say that again. No, I'd get I wasn't I'd listening. I'd get someone else to She's, ring up for her. Well, her husband sometimes Hello, rings. I would like to have a driving lesson, please. Sorry? I would like to have a driving, driving Not no, a clue, no, love. her husband's wrong before uh, on her behalf and said, look, her English is good, but, you know, you just have to speak a bit slower. And I think that's what switches them off. I wouldn't say that. I'd just say, can I book a driving lesson on behalf of my missus? Good She's at I'm work gonna, right now. I'm going to have a word because I think that it puts, sows the seed of doubt. So she said that she's seen them drive past. She's seen them... She said... I saw driven past! Yeah. <laughs> she's, um, she's been sitting at the, the um, bedroom window looking for the... Well, how would they know? If they've driven past her... They're why? not even honk or knock. But so why would they know that she was uh, couldn't no, speak English? No, because he said to her, they said to them ahead of it that her. Then why would they drive past? This story makes no sense why whatsoever. Why would they even turn up? Yeah, exactly. That's the bit. I, I think they cop out. This this, really this is your story. It's paper thin and poking holes in she it. She is really she's, she's a liar. really nice and she's good at English. I've taught Mate, her really good swears. Analyze the story, mm. right? Why would they even turn up if they weren't going to bother with the lesson? She doesn't understand. They probably don't have um, knockers or doorbells in Chile. They just like people. They're like, saying knockers in Chile. What are you talking they about? They live in barns, and people just want. Hey, I come for the driving lesson, and then she's expecting that, and they're sat out there patiently waiting. Do you think it's because they neither honk nor knock anymore? If you're a driving instructor, do you honk or knock? Okay. I got an email from Paul here. Um, this, oh, Paul, I don't think I can help you with this. Ian, I was just listening to the littlest hobo, and my boss came in and started talking to me. I had to turn the radio down. I'm going to need you to play it again, please, or I won't be able to continue. Paul making optics in Stevenage. Stop. He's putting the responsibility on you. Did you not read Russell Grant? Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The A10 Link Road in Hardiston is still closed eastbound between the Hardiston roundabout and the Sun roundabout, so it's affecting people travelling from the A10 into Hardiston because of an accident earlier on, and there's emergency repairs and inspection work going on there at the moment. In Aston Rowant on the B4009, that's now reopened in both directions between the M40 Junction 6 for Watlington and the A40. In St. Lee, it's on the A1 southbound, that's very busy around the Black Cat roundabout. And looking at the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On the train, Southern are reporting the half-hour delays and cancellations across the network because of a signalling problem at London Bridge and two broken-down trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's what I'm talking about, Sammy. That's what I'm talking about, travel. 7.46 or thereabouts, Wednesday the 25th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. And families in Hertfordshire are being offered money to provide a home for mental health patients. Uh, we'll find out more about that in a second. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's quite a damp start today, but it looks like the rain is just about edging out. Still a bit, uh, if you draw a line down from Luton, uh, down towards Watford, towards the west of that, it does look like it's clearing up a little. Towards the east, we've still got the drizzle, but it is clearing. It's moving eastwards and we should get some decent brightness later on today. We may even see a break or two in the rather thick cloud. We should see maybe a glimmer of sunshine. Now, it's also brought in some milder air, so it's going to feel quite nice nice in the sunshine maximum temperature 10 celsius more cloud later on this afternoon before it sets and it's going to stay with us overnight tonight as well some outbreaks of rain some mist and fog lightly particularly over the chilterns and also out towards the downs so higher ground is more likely to be a bit misty minimum temperature in the countryside six celsius but many places towns and cities staying in double figures tonight so a really mild night and a mild start to thursday morning some outbreaks of rain some heavy rain moving through first thing tomorrow but that looks like it's going to clear us probably just after lunch, leaving the rest of the afternoon dry and clear. Some sunshine, but the, the, the significant difference in temperature. So our maximum temperature tomorrow is going to be in the morning of 11. By the time we get to the end of the day, it will have dropped off a few degrees and we'll be feeling cold again. That's your forecast. Two of Britain's most senior parliamentarians have vigorously denied any wrongdoing. The biggest news stories mean different things to different people. HSBC has described 2014 as a challenging year after reporting a 17% drop in its annual profits. To us, the biggest stories are what's happening right here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. A cancer charity based in Steelers says they won't give up even though £5,000 worth of stock was stolen. Our little collection tins, that's all gone. Every day, we bring you the things that matter most to you. With new News bulletins throughout the day. A memorial outside Luton Police Station for Leon Briggs could be removed. In-depth discussions. She proved to the nation that she's actually a human being. She's not an automaton. And online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Local news. When and where it happens. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rob, what have you got for us? Yeah, hi, Ian. Yeah, I'm a driving instructor, and um, I teach uh, people from all walks of life. You know, I teach automatic, and I've got uh, Uruguayan, I've got a Peruvian, a couple of Filipinos. Um, you know, I, I think the only thing I had a problem with was a few years ago was with a Chinese 
uh, guy. Because, oh, gosh, um, don't be careful. He, well, no, he had um, a very limited, um, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, language. Yes. Uh, he had grasping language, but we got on okay, everything went fine and that, but then he asked me if his, his sister could actually start to learn, but she didn't speak any language, and he would sit in the back and translate. Oh, which blimey. Was, uh, which was very interesting, because within the first lesson, the two of them ended up having a domestic in the car. I don't know what that was said between them, and, and I ended up having to say, look, we're not going to go anywhere with this, but, you wow. know, we carry on like this. But, You're like the Kofi Annan um, of driving instructors. Oh, yeah, yeah I take automatic, and uh, I get a lot of foreign uh, you know, students come, and uh, especially some with disabilities as well, and uh, you know, Asperger's, oh. autism, and that, you know, so... Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I work seven days a week. You know what I mean? I'm very, very busy. What do you think is uh, going on, then? I mean, is it standard procedure to honk or knock, or do you just normally sit outside at the allotted time and then move on after ten minutes or something? No, I, I always text people when I'm uh, I'm about to arrive. I mean, I, I, I will probably text them an hour beforehand just to make sure that the lesson's still on. And, um, and if I pull up outside, if I can't see the, their door or whatever, I'll send them a text and tell her where I, where I am, you know, and um, normally they're, they're waiting for me, no problem at all. Rob, you know? thank Rob. you very much indeed. Here's a question. There's two questions. She's obviously been hiring lazy men. I, 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 I just think she's a bit of a chancer, your mate. She's brilliant. Here's two questions. Should you uh, have? To, should you be able to? Should you have to be able to speak English to learn to drive in this country? See, si. see si you, Jimmy, and uh, both of us pulled faces, raised our eyebrows yeah. when he said that he teaches people with Aspergers and autism. But I guess it depends where you are on the spectrum, doesn't it? For example, your mate Paddy Considine. Yeah. Is in the, on the spectrum, yeah. but he functions perfectly well. In fact, he's a flipping brilliant at his job. This, do you know this? Can I say this? The spectrum really annoys me. Why? Well, because it doesn't mean anything. No, spectrum it just doesn't means mean there anything. Are, there are variations in how. Surely it we need itself. we need something more specific than the spectrum because it's very very vague. Why don't we need like a colour coded system or something? Oh yeah, what, he's like autistic. Well, he's <laughs> he's autistic, but he's only he's only amber. Oh, he's autistic. He's, he's got Asperger's, but it's green. He's got Asperger's. He's red. Because then you you get a sense of what oh, he's on the spectrum. What does that mean? Well, people say he's on the severe end of the spectrum, don't they? Well, they don't always. If they're not on the severe end, they they well, would they be they foolish to that. use that, those that those words. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now. Families in Hertfordshire are being offered up to 600 quid a week to give a bed to someone dealing with mental health problems. The idea is that people who've been hospitalised through anxiety or depression stay at someone's home rather than a halfway house. Well, Sarah Biggs is from the Hertfordshire Partnership University NHS Foundation Trust. Uh, morning, Sarah. Good morning. How would this work? Um, it works very closely with the um, Hertfordshire crisis team. So um, the crisis team would see somebody in hospital who they think would be suitable to leave hospital and go and stay with a family instead, or they'd be um, treating somebody in the community who needed greater support. So they'd make an arrangement and introduce them to one of our families and arrange for them to go and stay with them. So what kind of uh, uh, people are we talking about? What conditions would they have and how would it affect them? 
Um, any severe mental health problems. So as you said, it could be somebody who's severely depressed. It could be somebody who's got severe anxiety problems. Somebody who's had a life trauma and has left them feeling very um, wobbly and um, difficulty coping. Somebody who's got a severe mental illness like schizophrenia or bipolar, but are at a point where it's, they've passed the acute phase, um, but they've still got symptoms where they need that additional support and couldn't be at home on their own. Now, there will be um, some Daily Mail readers listening, unfortunately, who uh, will have the knee-jerk reaction. Someone with schizophrenia and bipolar? That can't be safe, surely. What would um, you say to them? Well, it can be, and it's interesting because you were talking about this spectrum, mm. and, and it's about it's about where you, what how you how your um people aren't dangerous when they have those um those there's a terrible stigma attached to those um, diagnoses, and it's not true. And I think when you meet people who've got those disorders, you'll see that um, somebody may be very down, they may be very muddled in their thinking, um, they may need that support. They're, they may have voices, they may may have beliefs that we don't share, but it doesn't mean that they're dangerous. It means that they need help and support and treatment at that time and and um, being in a family where they can receive that be part of the family and um, have that kind of care and support makes a huge difference to their recovery what kind of people what kind of families are you looking for um, when I say families, it doesn't need to be the traditional family. It would be, have to be a household that doesn't have children in it because that makes life too complicated. Right. Um, so often the people we've got are people who've uh, maybe their children have left home. So it could be a couple, it could be a single person, um, but somebody maybe who's had their career but still has a lots of life left in them and wants to do something, is interested in supporting people um, in this sort of way. Um, so And they've got space and time in their house. So they've got a room, but they've also got time to spare to, to be able to be with these people and support them. And what would be expected of these families? What would they um, have to do? Oh, it's a bit like, um, just say you went to stay with some friends at the weekend, so you'd expect them to be round, you'd expect them to feed you, um, they would give you a nice um, bed and room to spend time in, they'll include you in their activities, um, they might help you to um, keep your hobbies going, you, you might be um, involved in what they do in their household every day, or you might not. So it's somebody, it's about, um, they'd have to sort of guest them, they're, they're hosts to these people, so they're looking after them, for, you know, they're um, welcoming, welcoming them into their house and looking after them for the time that they're there. Sarah, nice to talk to you, thank you. Sarah Biggs from Hertfordshire Partnership, University NHS Foundation Trust. I'm moving on just want to speak to Mary Mitchell from Stevenage. Mary, you took someone into your home, didn't you? I did, yes. What, 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 was, um, what was their condition and why did you do it? Um, well, I've had, I've had various um, conditions. Um, I'm, I'm actually on my 19th um, oh, blimey. person to be in my home since we started the scheme three years ago. Um, I've had schizophrenics. I've had people who are just depressed. I've had people who've had uh, something traumatic happen in their life that um, has made them feel as though they can't cope. Um, and I, I uh, bring them here, treat them as part of the family, um, and just try and motivate them into perhaps doing things for themselves, especially if they've been on the ward for quite a long time. Have you got someone with you now? I have. Um, and obviously don't give us too many details. Is it a man or a woman? A lady. You've got, so you've got a lady staying with you. Yeah. Um, and, um, do, I mean, th- th- supposing this person wants to, wants to isolate, because I, 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 quite often with some of these mental conditions, someone just wants to stay in bed and hide and isolate. How, how would you get around that without being irritating? Um, well, they, um, I always check in the mornings 
um, and sort of say, uh, I'm just going to do breakfast, are you coming down or are you quite happy to stay up here? Make sure that they're always fully aware that there's someone here if they're needed. Yeah. So if, they, if they're staying in their room sort of 27, 24 hours a day, then obviously they need a bit more help. Um, I just try and um, get them to join in whatever I'm doing. If I'm going shopping, come with me. If I'm going to the pictures, come with me. Um, if I'm going out for a meal, come with me. And they have the choice, which they don't have when they're in hospital. How long do they stay with you for, or on average? It, it varies. Um, I've, had, I've had people that um, come for a week or a fortnight, but I've had other people who um, have actually been with me sort of six to eight weeks. And when they leave, um, do, do you notice an improvement, a difference? That, that is the pure joy of doing this. When, when they first come, they always look a bit um, nervous. Um, which they would be coming into a strange person's house and a strange person. Um, when they leave, if there's a smile on their face, you know that you've done some good. What's for breakfast this morning, Mary? What's for breakfast? Yeah. Um, bacon and egg. We'll be over just after nine, is that all right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Mary, nice to talk to you. Good work. Thank you very much indeed. Bacon and egg. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone. I mean, she was a nice lady, wasn't she? Really nice. Was she a nice lady? Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR if you want. You can also um, tweet us uh, at uh, Ian Lee or at three CR Kate. Uh, let's get a bit of travel, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're planning to come off the A10 Link Road at the Hoddesdon Roundabout, that's been closed eastbound between the Hoddesdon Roundabout and the Sun Roundabout because of a lorry fire earlier on and emergency repairs going on. On the A1 southbound at St Neots, that's looking very slow between the Great North Road and the Black Hat Roundabout. And in Aston Rowant on the A4009, that's all moving again in both directions between the M40 Junction 6 for Watlington and the A40. On the motorways, though, it's starting to look very busy on the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for the Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise has queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on the train, Southern Services are reporting half-hour delays and some cancellations because of a signalling problem at London Bridge and two broken-down trains. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 Still trying to find someone to come on and defend astrology. Hey, I've noticed. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really get daily between 7 and 8 o'clock. Is he on the strike or something? I think he might have another job. Unbelievable. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, anti-terror workshop for Muslim women in Luton, prolific Hertfordshire burglar escapes jail and Watford back to winning ways. BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The Making a Stand event is just one of a number taking place across the country. Sarah Khan is from campaign organisers Inspire. One of the response we had from women was, look, please come into our area because we know there are more women that want to hear what you're saying 
we want to know how they can protect their children from being preyed on. And we've seen just this last week with these three girls that this sentiment of we understand that there's a problem and we want to do something about it. So this is part of a, a campaign that we're taking across the UK. We're going to nine different cities and today we'll be in Luton. A burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in rehabilitation. 31-year-old drug addict Sylvanus Mason was told by a judge at St Albans Crown Court that he was being given a chance to turn his life around as part of Hertfordshire's Choices and Consequences programme. These people in Harpenden don't agree. He should be going to prison. You know, if you commit crimes, you, he's put 32 houses in misery. There's got to be a better outcome and prison has to be the only suitable option, I would say. 32, yeah, means 32 times he'd done it intentionally, yeah, so uh, he should go to the jail, yeah. The A10 Link Road at Hoddesdon remains closed this morning following yesterday evening's crash involving a lorry and two cars. The crash happened just after 6.30pm. The lorry caught fire. Hertfordshire police say safety checks have to be carried out on a bridge which was struck. The road could be closed until at least 8.30. New rules are to be announced, making it easier to prosecute firms responsible for cold calls. There were more than 175,000 complaints about nuisance calls and text messages last year, but only a few prosecutions. Police are making a fresh appeal for witnesses after the death of a man following a crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire on Sunday morning. The man in his 60s, who died in hospital on Monday, was a passenger in a Renault Clio, which was in collision with a Vauxhall Astra just before the turn-off for the M25. A second passenger, a woman in her 50s, remains in a critical condition. Families in Hertfordshire are being offered money to provide a home for mental health patients. Health bosses say the scheme is being used to reduce hospital admissions. More from Matt Lockwood. Families have been asked to provide a home for people suffering from conditions like acute anxiety and depression. Those running the scheme says people are screened before they're placed with a family to make sure they're suitable. In return, families have been offered £600 a week. Health bosses say they got the idea from France and these people would otherwise be in hospital. In sport, Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night. Deeney takes a touch, he might fall to Lyon. On to his left foot and Colin. Well, Colin fumbles it and Nicolo is going to touch it home for a third goal. Orion Nicolo in the right place at the right time. It's Watford three, rather a nil. And in the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie. The weather, rain clearing this morning, some sunny spells this afternoon, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Last hour of the show, sing hosannas, everybody. So there's a Tory MP who says, what the hell are you two doing, you idiots? Why are you comparing the size of your feet? Yes. Why? Because I'm a six and she's a three. I'm so trying to do a flipping was, radio show I here. I see if she was half the size of my foot. For crying out loud. Anyway. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a little bit distracting, if I'm honest. Don't look. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, isn't it? It was an experiment. Uh, have we got any texts? Yes. Go on, what have we got? A burglar from Harbenden. I've never before considered that a burglar might be really posh, says Jack of Luton. Oh, I see, yes. I don't know whether he is posh. Is, is, is Harbenden that... It's not that posh there, is it? It's quite posh. A bits of it But posh. I think there are, there are ends. There are always ends. Anyway, what does it matter? He's a burglar. He's a burglar, isn't it? Hi, Ian. I'm no Russell Grant, says Pat of Houghton Regis. We know he's Pat of Houghton Regis. Yeah. But this burglar set free will rob again because this judge... He's on a different planet. I like it. I like your style, Pat. 
I'm, I need to go into therapy because I'm beginning to agree with Pat more and more often. And I think we'd even enjoy each other's company. Now, an anti-extremism event for Muslim women is being held in Luton today. The Making a Stand campaign hopes the session will empower mothers and sisters to spot and prevent radicalisation. Professor Anthony Gleese is Professor and Director for the Centre for Security and Intelligence at the University of Buckingham. Morning, Anthony. Good morning. Is this a good idea? Well, it, uh, the way I look at this is as uh, somebody who follows security policy, and I'm not, uh, not very good when it comes to psychology, although, of course, psychology is an important part of the motivation that takes young British girls to be so-called jihadi brides. And for me, this is first and foremost a security issue, and first and foremost an issue in the case of the girls who, who've gone off, the 50 to 70 who have gone off to the Islamic State, an issue for the counter-terrorist police and indeed for MI5 and GCHQ. However, there's a big however here, I do think that we are seeing something quite big happening in Britain's Muslim communities. And the, 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 the movement called Inspire, which is led by, I think, rather a remarkable lady called Sarah or Sarah Khan. Yeah, we spoke to her this morning, yes. Right, there you are. I, I think it is just possible that it may make an impact. Her line is really that uh, British Muslim girls tend to be very repressed at home. Their mothers are repressed. They go on the social media websites and uh, see that the Islamic State is able to groom them, to give them a sense of their own worth and value, and that that literally seduces them to go off to be so-called jihadi brides. She also, uh, Sarah Khan, makes the point that it's wrong to call them brides. I mean, the, the three most recent girls to go, two of them were 15, one of them was 16. The state owes a duty of care to people under the age of 18. Uh, they're not brides in, 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 in any real sense. So it could be that this psychological message to Muslim mothers, you know, value your daughter don't repress them will make them less uh, gullible when it comes to recruiters but is it going to stop the Islamic State is it going to stop recruitment of young British Muslims I'm a bit skeptical what do these girls do when they go over there we know that generally the fellas go over there and they run around with guns and you know act like idiots but what what do these uh, and you're right jihadi brides is a weird phrase because it kind of well, it's a little bit romantic, isn't it? And it's with its description. What, what do they do when they get over there? Well, by by all accounts, they uh, have to be very heavily veiled. They get beaten if any uh, bit of skin is showing. Uh, they 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 are meant to have sex with uh, whoever becomes their their designated husband, and they are not allowed to learn. They are not allowed to continue any studies they might have done. And again, that's very painful because the three girls who went from North London went from an academy that's noted for its ability to uh, teach students and, and to give them qualifications. All of that stops. It's a completely different life. We know in the case of the men who were lured over, that they're lured over with uh, pictures of swimming pools, cool beers, uh, sports 
utility vehicles and Kalashnikov rifles. Uh, you don't actually see them being killed and shot. And yes, you're right. It could be that this is a kind of romantic uh, idea. And, you know, people who are my age, uh, in their mid-60s, they can remember when their sisters swooned for Elvis Presley and, and, you know, their mother said, oh, God, the last thing we want to do is to see people like that uh, in, a, in our front room. And, of course, that made it all the more enticing to that generation. Maybe this is what is going on with this generation. One thing is for sure, we don't understand the problem. And the role that the social media is now playing in the minds of 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds is something that needs to be looked at. For them, the social media, Twitter, Facebook, they're a real part of their lives. And it's not like it maybe is for us, you know, it's just one of the apps that could be used. They're in their lives. And if, if they can be convinced not to go out there and perhaps end up dead, at the very best abused, well, it will be worth the effort. Let me ask a couple of questions that may come across as, as, as being dumb, but there are, I'm just realising there are a few basic things I don't understand. How do the girls know where to go to? Is there, is there like a website that's got an address on it that says, if you come to, number one, the high street, Syria, then you can come and uh, be part of, our, of, of ISIS? How, how do they know where to go? Well, it's a very good question, and, it, and it's a very difficult question to answer. I think there, there are two, two stages... First of all, uh, girls and boys have to be up for it in, in some way. They have to be kind of recruited. Now, in my view, that does not take place usually on the Internet. That takes place through personal contact with somebody. It could be a friend who's been recruited. It could be a recruiter. And at that stage, it is possible that teachers, whether university teachers or school teachers, could deter them by arguing with them. Once they have decided to go there, they are in stage two. And stage two, you won't know they're doing it. Remember, the families of the three from Bethnal Green Academy who went, the families had absolutely no mm. idea. The school had absolutely no idea. By that stage, they had already been brainwashed and uh, recruited in a, in a very hard way. And at that stage, that has to be MI5. That has to be the counter-terror police. Because, as you rightly point out, you wouldn't just go off to Syria. You would have to make plans, there would have to be people to meet you, and all of those things would be communicated electronically and could therefore be intercepted. So that's a question about our ability to intercept the electronic messages that preclude uh, somebody going off to, to be a jihadi so-called bride or to go and fight for them. And then the question is, why haven't we? Why, why did we not pick up these messages? Are they on the dark web? Are they uh, in, in, in encoded in some way? We don't know. And also, why did we... I think we sent three Metropolitan Police officers over to Turkey. There was no purpose for that other than just looking like we were doing something. Well, they, they were never going to find those girls, were they? Uh, no, uh, no. I mean, I think one's got to be, you know, I'm somebody who has frequently uh, called attention to the great successes that our intelligence and security community have had over the past 10 years. Um, so I, I'm not a knocker, but 
in, in the case of these girls and indeed the, the jihadi brides, I think the Met has got a very serious case to answer. They knew, the three that went knew somebody who had already gone over. Uh, they, 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 they were obvious targets, yet the Met dismissed uh, them as as potential jihadi brides, and also um, they, they they weren't on any any watch list. And uh, just yesterday I was doing a, a program on the BBC's Arabic service with somebody from Turkey, and he said, "Oh, you know, it's all the Met's fault. Uh, we didn't have any names. We couldn't stop them from coming, and we didn't have any names." I said, "Hang on, here are two girls, age fifteen and one age sixteen. They turn up in 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 Turkey. You, why didn't you ask them? Even if you didn't yeah. know they were." Uh, had no answer to that. So we have made a mistake. It will have to be looked at. We'll need better communications with the Turks. And anything that we could do to stop this wave of madness that seems to be sweeping through our country is worth trying. Uh, Anthony, always good to talk to you. I really appreciate your time. Professor Anthony Gleese, uh, Professor and Director of the Centre for Security and Intelligence at the University of Buckingham. And you hear him quite often on proper radio stations. He was on Radio 4 the other day. Well, I, I heard him on. I think it was PM. I got all excited. Oh, I, I used to know him, so he's good. He he's likes excellent. coming on this program. He's excellent, and I love having him on because I can ask him questions that um, sound a bit dumb. Uh, but actually, I realise there's loads of this stuff that I don't know anything about. It's true, though, isn't it? I travelled on my own when I was 13, 14, and you stick, you stick out like a sore thumb. So if you're travelling to what is essentially a gateway to a war zone, why is no one noticing? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, and whether this this uh, making a stand uh, a campaign hosted by Inspire in Luton will have any effect or not, I don't know. But they're having a go, aren't they? They're having a go, and you, I was kind of a little bit um, uh, dismissive of it yesterday when it was it was raised. But they're having a go. Their heart is in completely the right place, isn't it? So I, I, I wish them all the very best of luck and um, hope it has some form of positive impact. 08459 455 555. Are you a believer in astrology? David Tradinic, a Tory MP. And the re- I, I think it's... In, I, I do keep saying it's a Tory MP, a Conservative, because this is kind of something you'd associate with... Um, you know, the fringes of Labour. Maybe a Lib Dem or... Even the Greens, the Greens, are they still going? Um, but it's a Conservative MP saying that if more people paid attention to astrology, it would save the NHS shed loads of money. Well, it's complete and utter nonsense, isn't it? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between the A10 and Hoddesdon, the A10 link road is closed in both directions between the Hoddesdon roundabout and the Sun roundabout. That's because of the lorry fire there yesterday and emergency repairs and inspection work going on. In St. Neots on the A1 southbound, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors between the Great North Road and the Black Cat roundabout. And in Marlow on the A404 northbound, that's very busy between Marlow Road at the Marlow Junction and the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. Into London on the A40 Western Avenue, that's looking very slow from the M25 through the Denham roundabout towards the Hangar Lane gyratory. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues from Junction 21 for the M1 to 16 for the M40. On the train, Southern are reporting half-hour delays and some cancellations because of signalling problems at London Bridge and two broken-down trains within the network. But there's no reports of any major delays showing up at the moment on the, on the train departure boards. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 
8.16, Wednesday the 25th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. Investigations are continuing into last night's crash on the A10 at Hoddesdon in which a lorry caught fire. And a burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. BBC Three Counties Radio. The shirt. Thanks. Look at the shirt. Thank you. You couldn't wear that on TV, could no, you? No, I, no. I tried once and they told me off. I said, no. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. It's a shame because it's nice. It's a nice shirt. It's quite summery. Yeah. It's my you Paul feel, Ross shirt. You're feeling summery. Oh, you are you feeling summery? I'm feeling really tired are and you? lethargic oh. and old and past it. So I'm trying to in, uh, fight that by um, dressing like summer. <laughs> I see. And I had my smart boots on when I came out, my smart suede shoes, and I came out and it was raining, so I had to go and put my walking boots on. If you were ever invited to one of my luxury ploughman's barbecues, <sighs> I'd like you to wear that shirt. Oh, yes, what's the address? <laughs> Come on. We'll get back to you on that. Uh, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Gosh, yeah. look at you, the royal we. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, what you got for us today? What's on your show? Uh, it's tasers again. Oh, yeah. But a slightly different angle on tasers this morning. You seen this story? Figures obtained by the BBC show that in 2013, 37 children aged 10 to 17 were stunned by police taser guns. Tasers were pulled on children a total of 431 times, but in 90% of these incidents, the threat of stunning was enough to resolve the situation. The youngest person a taser was aimed at was 11 years old. The, uh, the youngest person to be stunned by the police, 14 okay. years old. Well, David Blunkett, who introduced tasers, he's told the BBC that it was wrong to use a taser against an 11-year-old and the police must return to traditional alternatives when arresting children this young. Yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I want us to debate this. Do you mind if the police taser oh. children? Do you mind? Yes, I do. I think. Do you? Yeah, I think it's awful. Do I mind if the the police fire electric charges into children? Yes, I do mind. I, I do. Yes, but not. They're not just going to do it willy I, nilly, I, I are they? Object I mean, to that. Yes. Those children would have to be doing something yeah. that is dangerous okay. in order for them to be tasered. Yeah. Do I object? Sorry, what was the? Do, is the question? Do I object to? Do you mind? Having, do you mind if the police, police taser, taser children? children. Um, uh, yeah, I do. I think it's outrageous. Yeah. Okay, so let me give you a scenario. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's play this game. Let's play the game. Thirteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old kid. Yeah, he's been doing drugs. Yeah, and he's come home. Oh, he's had a, so a, sad. a row with his mum. Already, it's the saddest story I've ever heard. He's yes. grabbed a knife from the kitchen. Okay, and he's holding the knife up against his mother's neck. Yeah, the police arrive at the house. Yep, he's got the knife against his mother's neck. Yep. Is that a reason to taser him? No, of course not. What? No, of course not. He's a child. Is that what's happened in these instances? You don't know. Well, these are... Is that what's happened in these instances? I'll tell you what I do know. Yeah. The police, when they taser someone, the amount of paperwork they have to fill in Mm. is huge. Yeah. So they don't taser someone unless there is... A valid reason to do Like they're carrying a, a, a piece of wood and they think it's a samurai sword. That kind of stuff. A genuine threat that they perceive at the time. Yeah, okay. yes. Or, or, or a blind man with a, with a stick. Well, it's a very isolated case. But generally, when you look at how many lives the taser has saved... How many has it saved? It's, it's huge numbers. Well, how many has it saved? 
if you look at well, some no, of the, you've just well, no, but, on, Natalie Bennett. No, no, but hang on a minute. You don't, I don't have to give you figures because you only have to use your common sense. Well, no, but and you think, just said if you if you have yes. a, a violent person yeah. out on the streets, which we yes. have all the time. Yes. If the police are, we don't are have all t- the time. We do. It's a little bit of terrifying. Terri- you said when you look at the numbers of pe- lives it saved. Well, then what are the numbers? You don't know, so well, you we can't can find use that out as an if, if you if you want those figures, we can get those. Find figures from the number nine. of lives that have been saved. I still don't think you can't raise a taser to an eleven-year-old child. Why not? Because it's a kid, and what does that so show what, us so about what how about, fundamentally so what about, flawed about our society? So what about if that kid is is being dangerous? What about if that kid is walking through Luton Mall with a samurai sword? Oh, now, now you're being silly. No, I'm not being silly. There, there was a case of a 13-year-old doing just that. Well, you're not going to taser an 11-year-old. Was the, was the 11-year-old... You don't know... The thing is with these... The, the 11-year-old... You don't know what was going on. The, the 11-year-old wasn't tasered, but the taser was drawn was on the 11. The, the is, youngest person to be tasered was 14. Yeah, there is something fundamentally wrong with our entire system if the police are, are, are pointing dangerous weapons at 11-year-old children. I think it's I don't, outrageous. I don't agree at all. I know you don't agree. I don't agree. In fact, I... I I don't care if the police are tasering yeah. Yeah. anybody, no matter what yeah. age they are. If that person is being dangerous and is posing a threat yeah. to other people in society, I don't care if the Gosh. police taser them. Gosh, dogs have been tasered for good. I couldn't give a stuff about dogs. But but you could give a stuff against a thirteen-year-old perhaps threatening his mother's life. What more than a dog? Yeah, of course. No, but you're saying that 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 13 year old shouldn't be tasered, even if it's going to save his mother's life. Well, no, there are other ways to deal with these situations. How? Well, I don't know. Maybe talking to them, or they may be and distracting what the, him. What, what if by the time you've talked to him, he's cut his mother's throat? Oh, Jonathan! You, but the thing is, you're making that scenario up. That's not. You don't have evidence. But those, but are, that's the, what's but those are the kinds of things that can happen. Yeah. And actually, yeah. There, I, I have got evidence. There's yeah. there's a video that I used when I did my taser special yeah. of exactly that scenario. A Thirteen-year-old chopping a, his no, mother's he head off. He was sixteen. Well, then that's slightly different. But this is included is in the 30. figures. The, these... Sixteen is different to thirteen significantly. What, why is it different to thirteen if the if the act is still the same? Well, no, because a thirty you cannot raise weapons towards children, even if that weapon is going to be used either against the child themselves or against a member of their family. Yes. Well, I just don't agree. I know you don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. I know you don't agree. Because if you. If if the police come in, they have a split yeah. second to make that decision. They haven't got time to sit there and think, oh, should we have a chat about it? And let's see if we can talk this chap out of cutting his ta- mother's throat. If the throat. taser doesn't work, then we should probably shoot the kid, shouldn't we? No, because there's a big difference well, between not a, a taser if the ta- and a gun. If the taser doesn't work, for whatever reason, that stack child still poses a threat. Let's get the gun out and put a bullet in his head. But then that would kill the child. A taser's oh. not going to kill the child, is well, it? Well, no, but you cannot. You cannot. It's just a fundamental flaw with our entire system if we are... Are raising weapons like that to 11-year-old children? Kids, 11-year-olds are kids, Jonathan. They're kids. Some of them don't behave like kids. Some of them behave well, like we vicious, them with vicious the, little I know, adults. Well, then we shouldn't punish them with the threat so of 50,000 volts so through them. It's all well and good to, yeah. to sit in a radio studio and yeah. to say, oh, well, there are different ways of dealing with it. When yeah. you're the police, when you're being called to deal with these people there Oh, and come then, on. If you the have... police can't deal with an 11-year-old, apart from shining a red dot on their chest, then the police. Then I've got. I've got no time for them. That but, is outrageous. But do you think the police want to taser eleven-year-olds? I, I suspect some of them might want to. Yes. But most police officers, they like you. They're parents. They've got children. They're not going to walk well, again, around that's willy-nilly another, they're, they're, tasering people, well, are they? Well, <laughs> there's a know. reason for it. Not every time there's not. Well, from nine this morning, we're going to see. Uh, 
who you agree with. Oh, well, they'll all agree with you. Of course they will. No, not necessarily. Well. I'll get it in the neck. No. I don't care. 08459 455 555. Do you mind if the police taser children? Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Peter's in Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What have you got for us? What did you have a whinge about today? Well, I was listening to you talking about those three girls who went off to Syria. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it beggars belief that because they was quite intelligent students... But they didn't know the fact that they was going off to people who behead other people. Okay. So if why are we why on earth are we rushing to get them back? They know what they're doing. They've been on the internet browsing. So I've heard yes. by by different reports. Yes. Now they're not stupid. They are doing something they want to do, and and. Uh, there is no doubt about it whatsoever. They must know the type of people they're going to. So I can't understand why we're saying we should have stopped them and all this sort of thing. Well, we should have. Uh, uh, I could, we should have stopped it happening. We should have stopped. We should have stopped it going if we were able to. Um, but yes, I don't know what the end game is now, Peter. Is is the end game that we want them back so that we can uh, punish them, or so we can de-radicalise them, or do we? Part of me does agree with you that well, we should you, just leave them over there. Well, you see, you see, you're, we're talking about youngsters now. If youngsters have got a society that they're not happy with is, is yes. uh, alien to them or is wrong yeah. or is not looking after them, you'll get alienated youngsters. Yes. And you're just but you talking always about... Get, you always get alienated but youngsters. But you're talking about the other aspect and all where people get... youngsters get tasered. I'm talking about generally overall the situation. I went, I went to London for the first time for years in an area yeah. and I have never seen... <laughs> in an area? Uh, in, in an area where I used to live. And I've never <laughs> seen such surly people. Surly? Surly. Surly? They're not happy whatsoever. Where, where where was this? What this area? Was, this was the what used to be called Bethnal Green, or maybe Tower Hamlet. I think now. it's still called Bethnal Green, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, the, they are quite surly in Bethnal Green. Tower Hamlets are used more often. Well, Tower Hamlets—they're very surly, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they never used to be. But how old were you when you used to live there? I I lived there through the war years till I was about twenty uh, two. Right. As, a, like as a young person, you don't you tend not to notice surliness. Well, there was oh, no. There was a lot of laughter. Well, yeah, there right. There is a lot of laughter when you're younger. Well, no, but there was a lot of laughter in in the households too. Large families, yes. very pleasant atmosphere was good. Yeah. And and that wasn't. I'll tell you what. It was noticeably not there. It, you you could feel that the atmosphere was wrong. Yeah. And I I know for a fact. Yeah. I asked some of the old cockneys I saw about. There aren't any old cockneys anymore. Oh, there are. There aren't oh, there any are. old cockneys in Tower Hamlets. There are grey-haired ones there. There's a costermonger on the main high road at oh. Bevenal Green. And I asked them, yeah. and they said there's been more damage done to this area than Hitler ever did. Are you... Um, uh, did you go and have um, pie and mash? Yes, no, 12 of us did. Ay, 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 with a bit of liquor. Yeah, they were in Cooks's down by yes. London Fields, actually. Oh, yeah. 
and very good too. And I was very surprised that all all the ones who went met, met up yeah. all wanted pie and mash, because not all cockneys like pie and mash anyway. No, no. So, but it was a great time. Did you have, uh, do, do you like Winkles? I used to like Winkles. I had a friend who used to sell them. Oh. I don't know if you remember the narrow way at uh, near Mare Street, near... Not a clue. Near the Acne Empire. Um, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, I do know. I, well, I drove past Acne Empire last well, week, Well, on yes. the side of the bridge, yeah. with the narrow way and the Amos Road, yeah. there was a, a cockles stall and a festival stall the other side. A festival stall? Yeah, they used to sell fruit and vegetables. And a my fest- friend... A festival stall? Fruit and vegetables. But you called it a festival... Veg- you mean vegetable stall? Fruit and vegetables. Yeah, I know, but I thought you said festival stall. Well, no, I didn't. I said vegetable, actually. Okay, but when I said festival, you said, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. it sounded the same to me anyway. Okay, well, Peter, listen, I, I, I could talk about um, uh, festival vegetables all day long, but I can't. David's tweet- tweeted, I'm old... <laughs> David, I'm old enough to remember a time before tasers when I was always killing my mum, so... David, you're very naughty. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A10 link road between the A10 and Hoddesdon is still closed in both directions between the Hoddesdon roundabout and the Sun roundabout. That's because of inspection and emergency repair work after an accident and lorry fire there yesterday. In Luton on the airport way, that's looking very slow at the M1 junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout. In Watford, Beach and Grove's looking very busy around Escort Road. And in Marlow on the A404 northbound, it's looking slow on the speed sensors from the Marlow junction towards the M40 junction 4 for the Highwaycombe Handycross roundabout. Looking at the M25 and anti-clockwise, there are delays between Junction 22 for St Albans and 21 for the M1 South. And on the train, Southern are reporting half-hour delays and some cancellations across the network because of two broken-down trains and a signalling problem at London Bridge. Samantha Breff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Harfordshire Police have confirmed that a lorry driver was killed in last night's crash on the A10 at Hoddesdon. The incident, which also involved two cars, happened just after 6.30 and resulted in the lorry catching fire. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. The Making a Stand event is just one of a number taking place across the country. And a burglar from Harpenden who admitted more than 30 offences has avoided a jail sentence by agreeing to take part in a rehabilitation programme. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford returned to winning ways in the Championship last night with a 3-0 home win over Rotherham. Odion Igalo scored twice with Troy Deeney also on target. And with all the promotion chasers winning, the Hornets remain sixth, six points behind leaders Derby. Here's manager Slavisa Jukanovic. They play with many, many long balls. We, we try to stop this uh, problem with a little bit different structure, little different players what they used last uh, last game. At the end, we, we keep one... Uh, one cliche, score three goals, we can score some goal more. In the Champions League, two goals from Luis Suarez gave Barcelona a 2-1 win at Manchester City in the first leg of their last 16 tie. It could have been worse for City, but Joe Hart saved Lionel Messi's late penalty, much to the relief of manager Manuel Pellegrini. Well, very important. I think it was a very important save because first it was a very unnecessary penalty. I think that we must control our emotion inside the box. 
to give us uh, more chances to try to to win there in Barcelona. Three one is a very difficult, a very difficult score to try to reverse. But I think that we we can have more chances with that penalty. Tonight in the Champions League, it's Arsenal versus Monaco. In League One, there were wins for all Milton Keynes Dons promotion rivals. The Dons remain second, but are five points behind leaders Bristol City and just two points ahead of third place Swindon, with Preston a further point behind. Meanwhile, the Dons' trip to Swindon on Good Friday has been put back to 12.15 on Easter Saturday for live television coverage. In League Two, Luton's opponents this Saturday, Accrington beat leaders Burton 1-0. Had to striker Paul Benson played a full 90 minutes yesterday for the development squad in his first game back following a broken leg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Simon. They're still arguing over that tennis woman's bum. It was my bum. It was my bum. Kelly, was it yours? No, mine's better than that. Well, really? This is a great bum. Yep. My wife was the real tennis girl, and this picture proves it, says a man who's got a picture that proves nothing. It proves his wife had a bum. As bottoms go, it's arguably the most famous ever. Well, I would say that um, the Middleton sister's bottom is more famous now. Pip J-Lo's. Minaj. Kardashian. Can we go and see the new J-Lo film? Because it looks brilliant. The boy next door. She's a teacher. She's a hot teacher. He's a, a boy next door. They have sex. Then she realises she doesn't fancy him. She breaks it off. Turns out he's a pupil in her school and he's also insane. Oh. Do we need to go see it now? Yeah. Oh. But she shouldn't have abused her position, should she? So. You're thinking of Fifty Shades of Grey. There's a lot of abuse of position there. Uh, as bottoms go, it's arguably the most famous ever. But according... Do you want to go see the new J-Lo film, Dills? Too right as well. I would love to go and see that film. Uh, it looks erotic and fantastic. I, lo- I Honestly, I love Jennifer Lopez. Yep. I like some of her songs. Mm-hmm. Some I saw her in concert. It was all right. But I think her, she's, her films are brilliant. Yeah, no, I totally Monster agree. in-Law, Made in Manhattan. Oh, Made in Manhattan. Anaconda. Yeah. You haven't seen Out of Sight, which is the best one. Which one's that? It's the one with George Clooney in the boot. No, I've not seen oh. that. I like the one where she um, she gets beaten up by her husband, she divorces him, she trains to be a ninja and she goes and kills him. <laughs> no, that's right. Mrs Doubtfire, isn't no, it? No, honestly, it's br- she's brilliant. When are we going, Sunday? Um, it's on me. I, I can arrange these things. I, well, I can on you, tickets. You'll, you'll get some freebies. <laughs> I'll um, get popcorn. So it's some mince I'm pie just trying to think what I'm doing this weekend. Sunday might... Let me have a little think about it. Sunday might be a goer. OK. Yeah, Sunday might be a goer. Excellent. Anyway, you know this this picture of the tennis woman scratching her bum? I haven't seen that yet, no. What? Well, never! Can, can you forward that, that on to me? Is that after a match or before? Because afterwards... That's you got your phone really on you, Just? Uh, have I got my phone? I'll have to check. Uh, yes, I have got my phone on me, yes. Right, I'm going to send you a picture. I'll send you the picture send now. Send me the picture. It's a really famous picture mm-hmm. of um, a tennis woman scratching her bottom and she's got no pants on. Right. That's not it. Hang on a second. I'm just sending it to you now. Hang on. Um, anyway, so for, for ages there's been an argument as to whose bottom it was. Mm. And Peter Atkinson is saying it's his wife's bum. 
Right. For 25 years, he's been trying to prove that the Athena tennis girl is his ex-wife mm. and not the model uh, credited with raising the spirits of millions of adolescent boys since the 1970s. Wow, a bum mystery which has gone on for a quarter of a century. I've just sent you the picture. It should come through in a second. OK, I'll keep my eyes open for that one. Uh, now, thanks to an old postcard, he says he has the evidence to... Ba- I mean, fair play. Mm-hmm. Is If that was his missus, then, you know, good Who's luck to him. Whose bottom is he saying it is? He's saying it's his wife. Wife's, his ex-wife's bottom. What's her name? Um, oh, hang on a minute. Because I've got an article where there's a woman saying it's hers. That's Fiona Butler. Yeah, but All the women are dead in this now. She, All the women are dead. This called Fiona Walker. That's the picture coming through, <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK. Yes, Fiona Walker. That would have been Fiona Butler. Mm-hmm. So, you, you got it, Just? Uh, it's uh, just opening now. Oh, that's a nice one. Great tennis racket. Yes. Anyway, he's saying it's, it, it's not her, it's his ex-wife, but all the women are dead. So, okay. the tra- tragic. The curse of the Athena tennis poster, we could call it. Mm, it's a nice poster. Thank you, Justin. What have you got for us? Oh, I've got two things for you this morning. A double whammy. Oh. Uh, yeah. Is that, that's to make up for you not being in the second hour, the middle hour. Well, kind of, yes. When we get the most listeners. Well, and no, I that's, just think no, you should, that's not true. That's I think not you true. should, well, we get more listeners uh, between seven and eight than we do between six and seven. Um, think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. You but do not the between math. eight and nine. Eight and nine's the peak hour. Oh, so hang on a second. when he makes his appearance. So he's <laughs> saving himself. Uh, You're saving yourself. Correct. Outrageous. Well, at about ten to eight this morning, I had a great call, and um, you were asking off the back of it, is it absolutely essential that, that you speak English if you want to drive on our roads? Speak the English. Yeah, now, this you is... You touch on my car, I yeah. smash on your face. Um, I've, I've been out into the streets on this one. Um, astronomy to come. Yeah. Um, but listen he's to... predicting that. Yeah, I'm predicting that. <laughs> yeah. um, but here's what people have had to say. Is it essential that... that you speak English if you want to drive on a road. I was not expecting this reaction. Here's what people had to say. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Um, not necessarily, no. Really? Yeah, well, it's no different to if I want to drive in Europe. Have I got to speak local language? Yeah, must, yeah should we must speak English? Because, you know, sometimes... Um, <laughs> very wrong driving here, people. Yeah, uh, didn't follow that uh, road sign. No, I don't think so. I think we go we go abroad on holiday quite extensively and drive in other countries and we don't speak their language. So I'm quite happy that people don't speak English driving in the roads. Really? Even yeah. if they can't follow the road signs, potentially that could be dangerous? I think road signs are road signs, aren't they? It's more often the signs than the language that makes the difference. Yeah, I think so, yeah, obviously just showing hand signs or whatever. So if you couldn't speak the language, you wouldn't feel safe driving on our roads here? No. It's so interesting because every English person I'm talking to says it doesn't matter, yet people that have come to this country, like yourself, are saying it does matter. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, definitely it does matter because you interact with other people, you know, so in this world you have to interact with other people, you know. If there's a car accident, you, you know, involved with another person, yeah. which is very vital in that case. You know? Yeah, supposing you have a, a car accident, mm. you interact with another person, which is, as Jenna said, it's very vital. Yep. Um, how are you going to... Gonna, what, what are your... Uh, can I get your insurance details? <clears throat> I, I won't do the voice, actually. Probably <clears throat> best not to after <clears throat> this week's coverage. But yeah. um, it, it, it's... Um, 
There's going to be problems, aren't there? Yeah, I didn't think of that one. I mean, I, I was kind of basing it on road signs, but absolutely fascinating. English people saying, oh, it doesn't matter. People that have come to this country saying, yes, it is absolutely 100% essential. You need to speak English if you want to drive on a road. So I, I, I was shocked by that. Mm, mm. Secondly... Well, uh, that, with the astrology, yeah. should we do that in a bit? What's up to you? Well, well let's, do it, let's do it after... What's going on, mate? Breaking guys, story. Guys, I've done nothing. Um, crimes against radio for the last 20 years. <laughs> uh, let's let's save that for... Okay. Uh, you get another um, crack of the whip. It's fine. Christian Grey. Can we not talk about that, please? Sorry? It's school run time. Is it? <laughs> when did you become sensitive? I got a bit of a warning a couple of days ago saying, J-Dog, just ease off on Fifty Shades. Between 6.30 wow. and 7, do wow. what you want. But between 8.30 and 9, peak time... Who said that? Your mum? Uh, yes. Wowzers. She said, look, just be careful. You know, some of your aunties, they might be listening. And I don't want to know what goes on in your flat. And they don't want to know either. So just Well, also, she's not finished the book yet, so she doesn't want you to spoil it. <laughs> Justin, we'll speak to you in about five, ten minutes. Cheers. Cheers, my dears. 08459 oh, is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. There's a great picture. You've got to be careful with this. I, this happens quite a lot. Go on. In uh, Latin countries. Where is the sun? Okay. There's my copy of the sun. Where have I put that? Hang on a minute. Bear with me. And I uh, was once doing the papers on Sky and they wouldn't let me show a picture like this. I said it was it was it was an inappropriate picture to show. So why are you going to talk about it now? Because I think it's brilliant. It's the radio and you can't see the picture. I think it's brilliant. Go on. Right. It's a picture of a fella dressed up as the Green Lantern. You've seen that? Yes. You've seen this dressed up as the Green Lantern? Mm. Looks yes. a bit sickly. Yeah. He's dead. It's his funeral. Oh, right, yeah. They love it over there. A Green Lantern fan stands dressed as his comic book hero at his own funeral. Whoa. Renato Garcia, or as Catherine would say, Renato Garcia. Renato Garcia. 55, was so keen on the superhero, he often wore his costume in public. Oh. So after a fatal asthma attack, his family decided he should wear the outfit one last time at his funeral in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Where? Standing up. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. They do that a lot over there. They love it. Other corpses have been dressed as a boxer, a biker, and Che Guevara. If you could what stand would you like up, to be dressed as well. If you could stand up at your own funeral and be dressed up, what would you be dressed up as? Wonder Woman. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That means there'll be a lot of flesh on display. Well, I won't be able to be embarrassed, will I? Okay. You're quite pale. Well, they can fake tan me up. If there was a light behind you, we'd be able to see your bones. <laughs> Added extra. Um, Kelly, if you could dress up as someone and, uh, while you were dead at your own funeral, who would you uh, dress up as? Remember, there's no embarrassment factor here anymore. It's just living your dream or dying your dream. It's a good question, isn't it? It makes you think. It's a very good It's question. the kind of stuff we don't think about. I know yeah, how you should. Look, she'd look good as Barbarella. <laughs> you can't have... You can't, I don't think you can be too sexy. Okay, I don't think you'd be I'll sexy be... enough. No, you can't be too sexy at your own funeral. All right, I'll go Boudicca then. Okay. I don't want to tempt anyone. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think. I probably go. Um, I probably go dressed up as Justin Dealey. That's just undoing your buttons, isn't it? Barbarella, I've just looked it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, uh... Hey, Barbarella, psychedella. Who would you go as, Ian? Did you just Justin, say Justin Dealey? I think. Justin no, I go dressed up himself. as. I guess I go dressed up as um, Tom Baker era Doctor Who. That's who I go dressed up mm -hmm. as. And then my. Mm, my coffin would be a TARDIS. <laughs> Bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. 
<laughs> yeah, you like that one, Kels? Don't spit it out. That's it, good girl. That's why I go. It's Tom Baker. Uh, you can text it in the last 15 minutes of the show. A little bit of light-hearted bants. Imagine you're dead. It's your funeral. Who are you going to dress up as? 81333. Start your text 3CR. You better put that on Twitter. Um, I don't think I want to be associated with that kind of stuff on um, on Twitter, really. Oh, I'll tell you what we can do before the end of the show as well. What's going on, girls? Hello. Some phones. Oh, blimey. I'll tell you what we can do as well. Uh, the, the famous uh, body parts. No, hang on. Body parts of the famous. Yeah. Uh, that have been sold. Oh, yeah. Um, but they've included someone's toast. Uh, last time I checked, that wasn't an appendage. Well, it is. Because we were talking about Churchill's blood was going to be sold. Has that been sold yet? Because for 300, it was between three and 600 quid. They always underestimate the auction to get you excited. I reckon that'll go for about two grand. Yeah. That'll go for about two grand because you can actually, there is the technology. Regenerate, yeah. To regenerate him yeah. and clone him back. Have your own Churchill. So, um, uh, I'm trying to think if I've got any body parts of celebrities. I, I would. Um, Oh, I've got, I've got a, a, I've got something that purports to be the hair of one of the monkeys. It's not. It was just a badge that they sold Some, in the sixties. Right. Head hair. It was just a badge they sold in the sixties. Mickey's hair, Salito. It's not. You know, it could be anybody. Could be anybody's curly hair. But um, he had curly hair, a, a, a fro. But I would quite happily. I mean, I'd have a, 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 a Davy Jones's kidney or something. Would you? Oh. I nearly bought his. Um, um, uh, um, scan. MRI scan, yeah, but the fellow wouldn't post it to the to the UK. Would you give David Jones one of your kidneys? He's dead, mate. If it if it would bring Keep him back that. to life, yeah, of course it would. If a monkey got in touch and said, "Listen, I'm in a bit of trouble. Can I have your your kidney or your your pancreas or your uterus or something?" I'd say, "Yeah, have it. What Take about Uranus? it." Oh, now come on. What's astrology got to do with it? News for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed because of a vehicle fire between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 15 for Northampton. And also on the M25 clockwise, they're accused because of an accident at Junction 16 for the M40 and 17 for Maple Cross. That's been moved to the hard shoulder, but it's still very slow. Anti-clockwise on the M25, there's a lane blocked between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield because of an accident involving a car and a van. And on the A10 link road between Hoddesdon, the Hoddesdon roundabout and the Sun roundabout in both directions that's closed because of a vehicle fire yesterday evening and emergency repairs going on to fix that. The A1 southbound at St Neots is very slow towards the Black Cat roundabout because of the roadworks. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. 8.46, it's Wednesday the 25th of February. I mean, Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police have confirmed that a lorry driver was killed in last night's crash on the A10 in Hoddesdon. A workshop asking Muslim women to fight terrorism in their community will take place in Luton later. And David Blunkett, the former Home Secretary who introduced tasers for police, says it's time to look again at their use after more than 400 taser incidents involving children in 2013. 08 459 455 555. More from Dealey as well on astrology. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's been quite a damp start. We've still got a bit of light rain out there, but the good news is on its way. We've got some quite quite thick cloud at the moment, but it is starting to break and we should start to see one or two sunny spells later on today. It's going to feel quite mild as well. The maximum temperature 10 Celsius. The cloud will return before dusk this evening and the cloud will stay with us overnight. Some drizzle overnight, some mist and fog likely over the higher ground especially. It's quite a misty and murky night, but 
but a mild one. The temperature won't drop too much at all, if at all. Many places staying at 9 or 10 Celsius. So a mild start to Thursday. Some heavy rain making its way across us as we head through tomorrow morning and for the first part of tomorrow afternoon. Eventually it will clear though. So we're going to get our mildest, warmest temperature or maximum temperature tomorrow morning at 11 Celsius. But once that rain clears and the sky clears, the temperature is going to drop and by the afternoon it will be a few degrees colder. A brief warning for uh, the night Thursday into Friday. Because of those clearing skies, the temperature could drop down to zero and we could see just a touch of frost for Friday morning. And that's your forecast. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you? Claudette, what does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, John. What you got for us? The, the burglar. Oh, yeah, he's, um, uh, just remind us of this story, Catherine. What's the background to this? This is a guy who has kind of done a deal um, in court. He had, was up for a couple of burglaries, and as part of a deal, which meant that he would go into a rehab programme, um, he's admitted to 32 more. And he's not going to prison? He's no, they've decided he's better off being rehabilitated yeah. than going to prison. What do you reckon, John? Um, perhaps he ought to face all of the people he burgled to see if he actually wants to slap them in the face, face-to-face rather than a backhanded slap in the face. Who, hang on, who's slapping who in the face? Well, the, the people that have been burgled have basically been slapped in the face by the court system. So does this man actually want to stand face-to-face and slap them personally rather than letting somebody else do it backhandedly? Well, I'd imagine he wouldn't, but they, what, what do they call it? Restorative justice? Yeah. Is, that what it, is that what it's called when you meet your, uh, the victims of your crime and, and, and you explain why you did it and they tell you how it's affected them? That's not a bad idea, is it? Um... I, I think I would like to, but I don't know whether I'd better control myself. Well, you wouldn't be allowed to hit him, but you... But you but, well, because it's against the law, mate. Yeah, but so was what he did. Yeah, exactly. And, but, the other, but the other thing, right, he's, he's been asked, or, you know, he's coughed up 30 other crimes. Yeah. Um, now, that obviously helps the police with um, supposedly crime rates. Now, the sceptic in me perhaps thinks that uh, if you cough for them, we'll help you out. Well, that's what they said. Yeah, you, 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 you tell us the crimes you've done, and, and you won't go to prison as part yeah, of this has system. Has he done them? Huh? Has he done them? Well, well I don't, I don't he'd know. He'd have to be specific, wouldn't he? Well, surely he'd say, they, I, I they, broke they, into they number could... thirty-two, the high street, and I took a telly, <laughs> and um, uh, I, I took some cat. I took about fifty quid a cat. He'd have to. Uh, he's, he's probably done so many that he couldn't remember where he's on his arse or his elbow when he did it, uh, and, and which ones he's been. Yeah. yeah. All right, John. Uh, well, just, just watch your language, fella. Apologies there. Category C, but uh, apologies there. I would imagine as part of his rehab as well, he's going to have to make make amends somehow, isn't he? I like this restorative justice. You can't go and hit them. Of course you're not. That's just that's uh, that's silly. Um, but uh, I, I do like the idea of confronting the person and um, saying, "Well, go on. What, what were you doing that for? It was horrible. Why did you do that horrible and the, thing? And really the upset it had on us. Yeah. yeah. 
really upset us. Um, Dealey! He was honest, though, wasn't he? You know, people in Harbin, he was. People in Harbin this morning were yeah. were outraged, but yeah. he could have said, OK, I did four or five crimes. He's, he's owned up to 32 of them, yeah. so he, he's been completely honest about those. And, of course, if he breaks the rules, he will go to prison. Scarlett Johansson's used tissue... Hmm? £3,600. Gosh. But yesterday, Churchill's blood for, what, 300 It says, well, it's going to go up for auction. It says between three and 600 That'll go for about two and a half grand, I reckon. Well, I hope so. It based on that tissue story. Well, it yeah. described it. This is not a joke. In 2008, actress Scarlett sold a paper tissue full of her bogeys. Oh. Jeez. William Shatner's kidney stone. Mm. Have a guess. How much? Oh, I reckon that would have gone for five grand. Kath? This is a good game, actually. Go on. This is what we should have done all morning. <laughs> William Shatner's kidney stone. Seven grand. Sixteen thousand pounds. Just the one. Just the one. I'd want a couple for that. Uh, Britney Spears chewing gum. Catherine, you go first. Oh, fiver. Just three grand. Eight and a half thousand pounds. Wow. Here we go. Brangelina's breath. An air sample collected the moment Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie walked past. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good one. Go on. 50 quid. Yeah, that's okay. That's not a bad guess. Kels? People are weird, though, so I reckon. How much? 300. Yeah, go on. Just? I'm going to go with with 1,000. 320 quid. What? Now, this, I'm surprised by this. John Lennon's molar. It's a tooth, yeah? Yeah. Imagine uh, owning John Lennon's tooth. It's easy if you try. It worked for a Canadian dentist who bought the former Beatles Nasher at a Stockport auction in, uh, auction in 2011. But how much did he pay for it? Tooth of a beetle. How much did he pay for it? How much did, it, did he pay for the tooth of a beetle? £8.50. Oh, no, be serious. £8.60. Oh, jog on, mate. Kells. Six t- grand. Okay. 50,000 big ones. 20,000 quid. 20,000 quid. The final one. In Stockport. Napoleon's penis. <laughs> I, right. Bear in mind he's a small fella. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't think they're dearie, paying by dearie. the pound, but. Yeah. Just Napoleon's <laughs> penis. This was in. Um, Sicko thought, oh, it's a shame he's gone. This was, in, like ni- this was in 1969. Ah, so. What would that be in today's money? Have you got it in today's money? The, well, the equivalent? Uh, okay, uh, uh, interest has perked up again, Oof. and the man's daughter who owns it, he says to. I tell you what, okay, it uh, it was sold in 1969 for £25,000. Yeah, I was going to say £100. She has turned down an offer, significantly higher offer recently mm. £100,000. Okay, just is saying £100,000. 50 grand. Because? 70 grand. She's turned down an offer for £65,000. I would say that would get 100 grand easily. Easy, yeah. Lee? Hello. How much would you pay for Napoleon's penis? Oh, well, I wouldn't pay anything. It probably looks like a walnut whip now. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. What you got for us, Lee? Uh, well, the guy, I think the guy who thinks his wife is on the Athena post, so I think he's talking out of his... Um, oh, um, yeah, and okay. the burglar. Yes? The burglar rehab. What, what are they going to do with the re- rehabilitation? They're going to walk him past some windows or, or stop him going in some doors or something? Ladies and gentlemen, Lee's here all week. Lee, thank you very much indeed. Boss, well, so I had a dilemma two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, go on. Thank you, um, Lee. I was in Nando's in Boreham Wood. Oh, yeah. Uh, EastEnders fans will be able to name him. Uh, the Ginger Kid. 
Yeah, he was sitting next to me. I didn't know who he was. I'm not a big fan of the programme. No, he keeps looking at me. I thought he was something to do with Luton Town Football Club, but yeah. clearly not. He's in his tenders. Yeah. And I then worked it out about 15 minutes later because people story. were going up to him. Yeah. But, but he finished his food. He walked away yeah. and he left his plates. There, there was a Ooh. tissue there. <laughs> hey! Do you know what? I had that very conversation. Should I take yep. that off the table and put it on eBay you done. For, for the big EE Live Week? And do you know what? That's one of the biggest regrets in my Mate, life. you should have done. You could have, you could have made a few hundred quid out of that. I know, I know. <laughs> Justin, we haven't got much time. Mm. Um, astrology. <laughs> what a plum. <laughs> he is a plum. The biggest regret of his life. Astrology. One of. One of. <laughs> oh, Justin, I'm on your side, mate. Mm, That's exactly. a big regret. <laughs> astrology. There's a, a Conservative MP, David Trudenick, who's, um, who says that if we're all into astrology and if the NHS used astrology more, yeah. it would save them a fortune. He's a fruitcake, obviously, isn't he? Clearly. Um, it's all to do with birth maps and charts. So I've been onto the streets this morning asking if people believe. Uh, also, getting reaction to his very, very strange comments. Here's what people had to say. Good morning, madam. I'm J-Dog from Ian Lee's show. Do you believe in astrology? Like, star signs and stuff. Yeah. No. Tell me why. Come on, open up to the dog. Because I'm a scientist. Wow. That puts you in a very unique situation. Look at this story. A Tory MP has claimed that NHS overcrowding could be solved by doctors using astrology to treat patients. You're a scientist. What do you think about that? I think that's ridiculous. And people go to doctors to get medicine, not fairy tales. What about your life expectancy map? That's all to do with the stars, isn't it? I think that's ridiculous. I think if you're meant to die, you're going to die. And some map isn't going to change that. As you're a scientist, can I ask you a question? Sure. Sometimes when I wake up, my vibe is really good. Sometimes I wake up, my vibe's not very good. Why is that? Levels of serotonin. <laughs> You're laughing. Come on. You've got a beard. You're an intelligent guy. Yeah. Do, 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 you, do you believe anything that he's saying here? Do, do you think he's talking sense in the slightest? Not in the slightest. I mean, as a member of parliament, you'd think that someone would use a bit more judgment in their decisions. <laughs> I, uh, I think I think I doubt the veracity of it, really, actually, to be quite honest, yeah. It doesn't sound to me as though he's someone I'd want to vote for particularly. Wow, you got the intelligent uh, mm. green. That man used the word veracity. I'll have to look exactly. that up after the show. Where, where were you, outside the university? Uh, I was just hanging on the streets. Wow. Can I uh, can I just make one... I would, no, I would never tell you how to do your, jo your job, Justin. But here you go. Yeah, go on. Just one thing. Go I on. would prefer it, mm -hmm. for legal reasons, yep. if you didn't mention my name when you approach people. Why? Well, you're going up to people going, hey, man, I'm the J-Dog. No, no, that's a oh, hey, man. <laughs> All right, my darling. Giza. No, that's a hey, my darling. Giza. I said, excuse uh, me, madam. Open up to the J-Dog. Open up to the dog. I'm with mm -hmm. Ian Lee. I don't want to be associated with you in that format. Well, also, you're using a stage name, J-Dog. And that wasn't your christened name, was it? Yeah. I mean, it nearly was, but... but but then you're using his real name. So, just... Well, get a nickname, then. No, I don't... No, I don't want... I'm not going to get a nickname just because you're a plum. Have a stage name. No, I don't want a stage name. I don't want you... You're just jealous that, that you haven't got one. I don't want you using my name when you're walking around, you know, with your arrogance on display. OK. It's just a small thing, mate. No props. Yeah? Update, by the way. Later in the week, Panther Watch.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 15 for Northampton. That's because of a bit vehicle fire. On the M25 clockwise, there was an accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. It's been moved to the hard shoulder, but there it's very slow through that stretch. And anti-clockwise, it's very busy between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield because of an accident there earlier. On the A10 link road between the A10 and Hoddesdon, that's still close in both directions from the Hoddesdon roundabout towards the Sun roundabout and both directions. And it's causing problems on the A10 southbound. They're accused from the New River Trading Estate and also on the A10 northbound. They're accused between the Hoddesdon roundabout and the Harlow turnoff because of that closure on the A10 link road. No reports of any major delays at the moment on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. Thank you, Catherine, Kelly, Justin. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ra. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties.